Terry's a girl who wanted to be taken seriously. I am going to be a reporter. But her body kept getting in the way. Pretty girl, you could be a model. Sometimes I just wish I were a guy. Well, you know, the male body needs sex at all times. It's a living hell. So to prove to the men in her life she had a mind, Terry decided to try life as a guy. How do I look? Dashing. My zipper's open. That was the dashing part. What a fox. Dresses like Alvis Costello. Looks like the karate kid. I'm gonna get him. Today's woman has the freedom to be just as sick and perverted as us guys. She learned their secrets. I have surprise jock inspections three times a week. Forward to the wines. And dated their women. Yeah, but I got this one rule. I never go out with girls who say bitch. Now the question is... What's going on? Wait, it gets better. Can a girl tell the boy she loves... Terry's such a stallion. Go on, show me Harry Chess. She's not the man. He thinks she is? Wait a minute, are those what I think they are? Yep, it's one of a kind. My bro. Just one of the guys. She's confused. Of course you're confused. You're wearing my underwear. What kind of, you know, what, what are my choices for bread? And she said, white wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. 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 What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. Jesus, Jesus. Thanks for coming by. It's 8 minutes and 13 seconds after the hour of 11 of this, the month of July. In the year of our Lord, 2008, thank you for coming by making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You should uh, join us today. 503 733 With your comments, questions, clarifications, Kvetch's two cents... Uh, ruminations on the nature of Batman, good versus evil, and superheroes in general, or what have ye. 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, wearing a thong, uh, and ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. It is 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970. You can email today if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com, rick at 
rickemerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Timmy Ryan at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Thank you for coming by. Thank you for joining us and so forth and whatnot. And hey, hey, and hi there, ho there, hey there. All right. Uh, here's what's coming up today. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles today. Uh, A, because they're naming some sewage thing after George W. Bush, so there's that. Also, I think we actually have Britney news that isn't unbelievably tedious today. I'm a little excited we have a Britney watch. I never thought this day would come, but I think she's done something interesting again. Uh, so Jim Rubb will be joining us from Los Angeles. We'll talk to Cena Radio correspondent Dick Giuliano today uh, from the Hill. Uh, Film Fever Radio correspondent Scott Daly will be in the studio later on. We'll have a double geek watch coming up today. Corpse watch coming up today. Uh, Britney watch coming up today. Uh, top five. Top five uh, night songs uh, of all time. We'll get to that. Uh, can you sweeten my mic ever so slightly? All right. Thank you. Uh, top five night songs coming up. Let's see. Uh, and, just, and a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't get to uh, yesterday because we were busy waiting for Tim's bowels to explode. <laughs> Which they did. I'm so glad yesterday is over. Which? <laughs> you know. I've been listening to the recap again. I'm like, I love Tim and everything, but no more bowel talk. Yeah, but here's the thing: your your bowel nightmare is over. For Tim, it's just now beginning. Because I no, think. No, were people saying that last night was supposedly the worst night? Yeah, but then like, today he has to have dawn. you know a camera rammed into him. So I mean, that's no picnic either. I mean, I think yesterday he actually had the uh, what do they call it? The watery evacuation. But I think he had that because today there's going to be a guy uh, uh, with a big jellied-up camera that's going into a sensitive place. And by a sensitive place, I do, of course, mean the back of a Volkswagen. In any event, uh, so that's happening today. So let's all take a moment to send our thoughts out to Tim Riley, who's, I don't know, laying on the table somewhere, feeling excruciating uncomfortableness. It's 503-733-2970. It is uh, Friday, 503 503- Seven three three two nine seventy. Timmy Ryan in for Tim Riley, working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday. All right, first off, man jumped off the Hawthorne Bridge last night and he's dead. Wow, really? Yeah. But not a suicide. Way to bottom line it. Yeah, I think he was hanging out with his friends and he just jumped off and died. Well, that is a suicide then. No, no, I, I don't think... No, they was, were all jumping off the bridge. It wasn't intentional. Fun. I think they were like, let's jump off the Hawthorne. Is this a Darwin watch? No, I don't think so. I he's jumping off. Wait, let's just get right. Let's just wade right into it. So, wait. Was I'm going to do the story right now. Was it accidental or not? I don't think so. No, I, I think he uh Well, accidental meaning that. He, did he intend to jump off the bridge or did he fall off the bridge? I believe police think he just decided to jump off the bridge for fun. The story <laughs> is, is that him and a bunch of friends were out there and they were all jumping off the bridge. You know, jump, splash, jump, splash, jump, sink. <laughs> okay, then. Was it like a log coming by at the wrong moment or something? Or I think just some of the water got into his mouth. Was he drunk? That's called drowning. The no, you I have mean... the story from the Oregonian. They have a pretty lengthy article. Yeah, I have it all right where, here. From I... where in the bridge? Was he from the middle of the bridge? From the end of the bridge? From a shallow part of the water? Where? Know. Police investigation is still underway. All right. So what could there possibly be to investigate? He jumped off the bridge into the water. The end. Glug. I mean, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but you... was he drunk? Was alcohol a factor? Do they believe? I don't think they've said yet. I think we know the I, answer. I think at 12.30, that's pretty much could be assumed <laughs> at this point, though. Somebody, it, is, it is Portland. It's not like, hey, man, we've drinking a lot of coffee. Let's jump off a bridge. <laughs> we've had, we, no, we had a lot of Aquafina. That sounds like a lot of fun to jump in the really murky, dirty water. Okay. Touche, Timmy Ryan. You've already earned your keep today with that observation. That really is... 
Nobody gets all uh, messed up on chai tea and decides to go train dodging. That's a fair point. It's true. All right. All right. What else do we have? There? Uh, the complete Starbucks closure list has been released, and three are here in Portland. All right. Uh, Metro signs off on a new I-5 bridge. Brittany does something crazy, and I was horribly disappointed at the Batman movie last night. Right. Oh, horribly disappointed? Stop being such a drama queen. <laughs> Seriously. The... It's, like, it's like you're trying to, like, you just kind of disliked it, but in turn, like, the more you talk about it, you're like, look at what an individual well, I am by not, like... Have you convinced yourself that you more... flat out disliked it? Hold on, the more that I think about it... The, the more, more I, I lecture decided... myself about my desire to be different, the, the more, more I... Yes. The more the more that I think about it, the more I decided that wow, I really just did not like that movie at all. Well, we will uh, we will have Apple uh, Apple opportunity to discuss it uh, later on. Scott Dahlia will be in as well, and I believe that there's already a little blog. Yeah, Scott Dahlia already uh, he already went to my MySpace page at timryanradio.com. I left you a message too, Timmy. Uh huh. Is it just a big middle finger? Is it a big glittery? Uh, is it a big glittery douche bottle? No, I just said he should wait for his morning buzz to wear off <laughs> no. before he attempts. It. <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends this morning. I already knew I was going to be scathed by uh, the listening audience today because I, I was. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. They don't have to be so aggressive about it. I'm, yeah. I am aggressive about it because there was so much hype about it and then it just sucked. You saw it for free. Seriously. <laughs> Get over it. All right. Well, we'll talk more about yeah. it here in a second. It's 503-733-2970. So it, 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 I should tell you right now. So I don't know when everybody got to bed last night. Let's go around the room. When did you go to sleep? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Good for you. Sarah? 4. 4. Me too. Uh, I went to bed at 4 and I had this, I don't know, I had this like, like leg pain that would not go away for some reason. And you ever get some tiny... It, it, it it's a small pain that because it's happening in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep, it's causing you a disproportionate amount of uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's just like I don't know, it's like a little twitch in your in your foot or something. You got like a little knee pain or something, or you got like I don't know, like you got like a tightness in your shoulders. But what are you doing over there? Is it your goal just to knock everything in the studio over within five minutes of starting the program? I was putting my cup of coffee in a safe place, you know, because we don't want to spill anything on the equipment. All right. I- I'm all about safety around here. All right. Well, in any I, event. I knock uh, stuff over. So I, so I got home uh, last night, and, of course, you know, my wife doesn't have to work today. So she's, you know, so she's up and around and talking, whatever, and I'm no, like... Do you know, like, a ton of people who don't have to work today? I know a whole lot of people who either aren't going to work or don't have to work or took a day off what or just not going to arrive at the office. Yep. Yeah. Well, Angela, my friend who I went with last night, she doesn't have to work today. You know, we're all here because we're game day players like the men of old uh, but my wife had the day off anyway and so we at home and and she's just you know puttering around the house and i don't know crocheting do whatever doing whatever it is women do and uh, and uh, you know I mean, i'm like you know baby I, I gotta go to sleep i gotta get up and entertain the people later so i go to bed lights out at like four o'clock and i'm laying there and i've got like this weird muscle pain that's happening in my right leg and it's just the tiniest pain, but it's just, but it's having this the completely all out of proportion effect on me. And then it's that thing where you can feel yourself leaving the I'm really tired zone and entering the I'm grumpy because I'm not asleep yet zone. And then you start to become really frustrated at your own inability to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And then the frustration just releases adrenaline to your body and then you just and you find yourself waking up. So I finally just I just I just skipped to the bottom of the page. I just got up and I went into the office and I took a, a Vicodin, which I had left over from uh, from a couple years ago, and I've been saving it for just such an occasion. So I just took a Vicodin, and, just, and the next thing I know, I was like uh, dead asleep. So I got it this morning around I don't know eight thirty or so. So I have uh, I'm going on around four hours of sleep today. Uh, so do, between the three of us, we have wait hold on, Richie, what time did you go to bed last night? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy uh, putting his thong off and on. Oh, uh, we'll talk about Richie's thong Jeez. in just a moment. Uh, what time did you get up today? Too early. <laughs> okay. Richie, we need like a rough estimate. <laughs> Too early. 
Six o'clock. <laughs> I don't like even. I don't hours? understand. All I'm hearing is uh, 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 pain. All right. So between the four of us, I think we have about eleven hours of sleep. So it's going to be one of the best shows we've ever had. I can already feel it in my bones, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman. You looked fantastic last night, by the way. Oh, I did? Yeah. You looked all extra blonde and hot. It was really, I have to say that. It really was... Uh, Thank I you. And I don't think I've ever seen that purple rain shirt before. No, yeah. I'm, it, it's recently acquired. Yeah. That was a pretty exceptional look you had going on. And who is now? Have I met your friend from last night? Angela? Have I met her before? That's, that's Justin's sister. <sighs> have I met her in the past? Oh, many times, yeah. All right. Uh, it's all... Last night, the whole thing is kind of a blur, so... Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just... It was so crazy there, and like those people in Joker makeup were cool. Like I only made it honestly two and a half, like two hours and fifteen minutes into the movie, and I went outside to lay down in her car because I'm like I'm gonna fall asleep in this movie. And you've already people. seen it. Yeah, I've already I've already seen it, and so I stayed for my favorite part, and I'm like, all right, I know there's like you know forty minutes left, right. so I'm gonna go and lay down. So the creepiest thing in the world is going to an abandoned you know parking lot full of hundreds of cars right. in the middle of the night, nobody out there, and I went down to lay down in her car, and then all of a sudden, like a few cars down, this car alarm just starts going off. And then all of a sudden I hear, I don't hear the, like, the boop, boop. It doesn't, I think, it just stops. And then I hear kind of rustling outside. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be killed in the parking lot. So this was this would have been you at around 2.15 in the morning but, sleeping in a car in the parking lot of the theater with nobody around anywhere. Not a single person out there. The only thing that would have made that better if it's one of those guys in the full-on, like, plum-colored suit joker outfits had just come up and just... And just knocked on the window of the car. Those Joker guys were awesome. They were really fantastic. Yeah, really, there was no point in me going out to the car because I was, I was just laying there frozen in <laughs> petrified fear. Petrified in fear. Yeah, because I'm like, great, somebody is going to break into her car and murder me. That's fantastic. Uh, all right, so uh, so thanks to everybody who came out uh, to the Dark Knight last night uh, at the Regal Cinemas uh, in Tiger. They, they sold so uh, they sold for just the midnight screenings. I know they moved 1,200 tickets. They wow. they added a 3 a.m. showing, and then I checked the box office on the way out, and they were they were adding a 6 a.m. showing. Um, so I mean, they, and, and I know that they had added then 301 and 30, you know, 302 and 303 as well. So they were selling, tw- and just at that one theater last night, they were selling 1,200 tickets every three hours. Uh, and I know that by noon yesterday, like we had just barely started yesterday's program, and I think there were 3,000 screenings across America that had already sold out. So. Uh, so I think the conservative estimate is that between Wednesday, which is when it opened in uh, Manhattan, uh, and Sunday, it's going to be like 150 million. So uh, anyway, wow. so, so thanks to everybody who came out last night. I don't even sort of know where to begin. Uh, we should say first and foremost, we, we're not going to be spoiling anything. We won't give anything away. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't in the trailer, you know, we, we won't really talk about it. Uh, so it, we'll kind of go ar- around the room here in a second and just get impressions on it. So, so you can skip hear, over Timmy, right? So you can hear Timmy say that he's giving it a two and a half and a five. Because there's, what was your complaint, that there's too much CGI? <laughs> there's too much of a lot of stuff. I think there's just too much movie for me. There's, no, you said too much CGI. No, Wait, no, no I, let's back up on there's too much of a lot of stuff. Yes. Could you vague that up a little for me? Okay, and I guess my by CGI, perhaps I used the wrong terminology there. I just... <laughs> you meant to say cabbage. <laughs> no, I just... It seemed like there was... Not enough realism in the movie. There should have been a little more realism. It just you know that Batman is not real, too right? Too much comic book. You I know, know that, too right? much. I know, but too much special effects. Like in the other movies, uh, like in the first one and the second one, it seemed a little more I don't know real to me. Uh, what with his training in a monastery in in Asia and climbing to the top of a mountain please, in the please. Alps to get a blue flower off the top after fighting samurai. No, no, I'm talking about the earlier ones, like the first one with Michael Keaton. Are you kidding me? I, I'm, I, Michael Keaton will always be my Batman. 
Wait, hold on, let me understand this. He's out of his ass you're, right now. You're just this. making things up. Are yes, you, he's struggling no, for air. And you're saying that there were... No, 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 we're going to stop right now. You're, there were too many special effects last night, and yet you like the Batman with Michael Keaton, in which it, 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 he has an entire car that's just nothing but one CGI effect. His entire... Shields. And it does that thing of like turning into a oh, black cocoon. So I, You're I, talking about the first Batman film in which there is, I swear to Christ, a half-human, half-penguin hybrid who decides to take over Gotham by getting an army of penguins with rocket launchers one? strapped no, to their first, back. The first one? No, the first you one. You said the Jack first Nicholson. two. You were talking about the oh, first two Batman films. the second Batman one wasn't films. too bad either. An army of penguins who know how to use rocket launchers. This is the realism that you were clamoring for last night. No, I understand there's got to be special effects. I'm... I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe it, and the only thing I can come up with is just there's a lot, there's too much computer influence in the movie. I see, but I don't see that at I all. I don't see In any, fact, I most even... of the stunts last night were practical stunts. Most of the stunts in, uh, the, in the Dark okay, Knight Batman, were done okay, without computers. Be careful, jumping, be careful to me about not giving any spoilers. I'm not going to give anything away, but Batman jumping off, like, you know, a 30-story uh, 30 building, okay, and, like, landing on a taxi cab and being perfectly fine, that just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but that kind of crap happened all through the, uh, the Michael Keaton film eh, anyway, because he's really. a superhero. Yeah, but okay. First off, the the first Batman, what came out like 1989, where there was not a lot of computer influence because you know the technology wasn't developed yet. So I you're mean, just you're making you are making, making things, things up. up. Did it come up in 1989, Jimmy Ryan? You're, you're fabricating things. No, I think you guys just love Batman and are just so much you know into the geekdom of that that you're going to defend it. Like I was uh, telling you guys about Scott Daly, he wrote the scathing review of uh, my review. But he wasn't scathing at all. Oh, I actually was. read. No, he, he wasn't. Re what he did is it was point counterpoint. Scott he made Daly, a point. He made a counterpoint. Scott Daly reminded me. And you guys reminded me of like you know a four. 14-year-old girl defending the Backstreet Boys. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read. Hey, Timmy, Timmy Ryan, Ryan ladies and gentlemen, he'll be here all day. I wonder why you know Scott Daly has uh, been able to meet like Seinfeld and all those people and give you know reviews on his podcast. Yet you haven't. That's okay. I don't care to meet Seinfeld. We'll I don't give a damn. We'll move on. I'm just gonna. Look, so the movie was not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, but for me, it didn't live up to the hype, and I went in totally objectively. And I even had a shot, couple shots of whiskey in there <laughs> to enjoy the experience even more. Speaking of which, I will let me let me get to a couple of these uh, the emails from last night. So I just so, I feel bad for you because it was such it's such a neat experience. And I, I just I feel like I you're like poor. Heath Ledger though. You don't know how to love. Well, no, Jimmy I, Ryan. I feel like I feel like you're like poor for not being able to enjoy no, it. No, I like a lot do. of movies. As a matter of fact, Rick and I agree on most of the same movies. I'm just I'm not. We're going to talk about one. Boogie Nights again. No. All right. Let me read a couple of these. We uh, could. We want to thank everybody who came out last night. Though it was, it was we went from so at twelve there were three different screenings. There was <clears throat> there was twelve oh one, twelve oh two, and twelve oh three. And the twelve oh one. Let's see. How did they? There were three theaters. Theater one, theater two, theater three. And so as we got closer to the start of the film, so Sarah and I uh, started going to the different theaters and kind of thanking everybody uh, for, for coming out. And we started in Theater 3, which is the last one to sell, the last oh, one Sam to fill up. Nice the too. smallest one, yeah, the Sanford the Street team was with us. And so we go into Theater 3, which is again the last one to sort of sell out. And we go, I remember Sarah Dillon from AM970, and there was like three people in there who knew who we were. And, and there's like... And <laughs> there's like the one guy in the back like, F Matt, you know. God, I felt uh, so stupid. <laughs> and then we go into Theater 2, and we, same rap, uh, you know, hey, thanks for coming out, AM 970, Rick Emerson Show, blah, 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 look at me, pay attention to me. Uh, and there's a handful of people, you know, and then we go into Theater One, which is, like, it's the big-ass, like, 650-seat theater, and the one that sold out the first. So, obviously, that's kind of where everybody who was really into the film, everybody who pre-ordered the tickets, all of that, that's where everybody went. And the greatest moment from last night, before the movie even started, was when we were kind of standing at the front of the room, and we just said, 
white wheat sourdough, and then like there's 600 people all at once who go into the and bagel, which was really genius. That was really cool. So that well, was kind of I was feeling a little downtrodden for the first theater when nobody knew who we were. I'm like, Wait, you suck! I'm like, Rick, why do I have to stand up here with you? <laughs> um, so uh, let's just read a couple of these uh, from last night. We got this, Rick. I just got home from the dark night screening. A few notes I had while I was waiting for the movie to start. Question. How many times in two minutes can Richie pull up his shirt and pull down his pants to show every random stranger who passed by the pink thong he was wearing? White. Answer, 13. All while using his Rochelle voice. At least I think the thong was pink because he sort of kept springing it on people. And it was like someone says, hey, look over here. And then they point laser in your eyes and quickly you want to die and forget all that you've ever known. Richie then disappeared for about 20 minutes, and his friends behind me postulated that he was passed out in the parking lot. Uh, let's see here. Other random cool moments from last night, this guy says. This is from Todd the Corpse. He says, I talked to one of the security guards while standing in line. He took me aside and said, I have a secret button that if pressed, we'll have 16 police officers here in less than two minutes. I thought that was pretty cool, but then wondered if he was telling me that because he wanted to brag or because he thought I looked shifty. How about this? Timmy Ryan stumbled his way into the row behind me, blamed someone for giving him too much whiskey, and then sat for a while, pitched forward with his head in his hands, mumbling quietly to himself. He then suddenly stood up as the previous... Who is this? Timmy Ryan. Oh, <laughs> he then suddenly stood up when the preview started and said, quote, Blah, I need to find a bathroom right now. When he, when, when he finally came back, he realized the seats next to him were empty, and he sort of just oozed himself over three different seats. There was a couple of folks from the station who had gotten tickets, but then weren't able to make it. So he was, you were able to sort of I was spread, your, for a while. spread yourself I was out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick, uh, let's see. Uh, let's talk about me finding the theater. Uh, I think at one point I sort of jokingly asked Richie if he was, like, willing to get up and show everybody his thong. And then, uh, you know, everybody had already sort of seen it at that point. Um, and then Todd says, as for the movie, wow, I was afraid Heath Ledger would be distracting with all the character ticks and the media hype, but I couldn't have been more wrong. Every moment that Heath Ledger wasn't on the screen, I found myself wishing he was. I can't count the number of times I just quietly muttered to myself, holy S. At one point, I turned to the friend I was seeing the movie with, and I said, that is just plain effed up. And I didn't even care that this friend was a pastor. Uh, anyway, thanks for uh, throwing the event. It was the first midnight movie I ever went to. It was awesome, thanks to the crowd. And this, he really nailed something, that the crowd was fantastic. There's no talking, no cell phones, no chattering, uh, nobody shoveling nachos into their face mm -hmm. and blocking out the dialogue or whatever. And I have to tell you this, that the movie... And we'll be, we'll be talking about it, we'll be spoiler free, but we'll be talking about The Dark Knight kind of all day because with every moment there's going to be more people who have seen it. So it started at 12.30. It's a two-and-a-half-hour film. And I gotta say, I saw almost no one get up to leave the theater. I saw That's almost what happened when I saw it. Nobody was using the bathroom. Nobody was. Everybody I was. I think just I was the only one who got up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody was just sort of crossing their legs and just sitting silently in place, just kind of going, "Okay, okay, okay, you can make it through this," because nobody wanted to get up uh, to leave. Uh, I will also say, Timmy Ryan's comments on the film, notwithstanding. I, I think there are few people in the world who were as hyped into a frenzy about this movie as we were. And i got to say, it, for me, it delivered on almost everything. Mm -hmm. And I, the thing about Heath Ledger is, it sounds so morbid, but I just kept forgetting he was dead. That's that's exactly the thing I told you. And I was it, so it, You afraid. don't even register that it's Heath Ledger. I kept, and I kept feeling like, oh, I'm just going to be distracted by the fact that he's dead. He's, he's just the soulless joker. You, he, yeah. He's not a character. He's just a thing. He's yeah. just there. And I, he, he comes on the screen, and he really... 
And as we were saying just yesterday, it's hard to remember, but a couple of years ago, the fanboys and people were just sort of, they, they were really opposed to the casting of Heath Ledger. Nobody thought it was a good idea. And it was just a lot of sort of backlash about it. But i got to tell you, he really, it, you know, it is, of course, the horrible irony that he's not sort of here to see, but he really just did shove it in everybody's face last night. I mean, he was just flat-out freaking genius. And I will say, uh, you know, I know I'm still in the first blush of having just seen the film, whatever, 11 hours ago. But i got to tell you, if he gets the Oscar nod, it's not because he's dead. It's because he really did earn it. I mean, he really does. If they give him the nomination, I, you know, and, and you know, much less if he wins the if he wins the award, you know, it's because he has a comedy. It's not because it's like a sympathy vote or whatever. I don't think they should be able to give Oscars to people who are dead, though. I think once you die, you blow your chance. I mean, it's it's you can't really appreciate it when you're dead. Yeah, because once you die, what's the point of getting an effing award? You're dead. Well, Timmy, it's that kind of thinking, like, what's the point of anything? No, I mean, they could have, like, a posthumous, like, okay, we, here's here's who we would have given it to if he was still alive. Wait, let me understand this. Not, you don't believe he should else. be able to get the award because he won't be around to, like, use it to score chicks? Correct. Okay. I think, I think you should only no, get... you should just leave it at that. You should just leave, leave it, it at that. Remember when we <laughs> You should just leave it at that assessment. You know, can I just tell you this? Here's a, a comparison that's... We're at 11.30 already. Uh... Here's a comparison that's sort of been lost in the sands of time. Something that really nobody has done. I haven't heard a lot of comparisons between Heath Ledger as the Joker and Brandon Lee as the Crow. And the, 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 and the performances are not on the same level. But it's the whole thing of, you know, accident, you know the accidental death. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the movie was largely finished, dies anyway, and then playing a character who is obscured by white makeup and whatever. So I remember going to see the Crow when it opened in, I think... God, like 92, 93, whenever that was, and Brandon Lee was dead, and so there was already this sort of, you know, the mystical you know, feeling about it, this sort of romanticism, and I'm going to see it with a friend of mine, and we're just sitting there, and Brandon Lee, you know, this good-looking guy, comes on the screen, and he's dressed as Eric Draven, and he's got the whole, like, cool crow outfit on or whatever, and I remember my friend of mine just sitting there going, dude, it sucks, he's not going to be able to bang any of the chicks who want him now, so, <laughs> so you speak for... A small, deeply intoxicated segment of the uh, population. Hey, can I tell you one observation that I had? Mm. All right, so when I was watching Heath Ledger play the Joker, honestly, I thought this both times I've seen it, so if I thought it both times, it's kind of making sense in my mind. Heath Ledger's character of the Joker kind of reminds me of Christian Slater's character in Heather's. Yeah, I can see that. Toward the end, especially like when you start to look at the mannerisms and when he's like kind of ranting about things right. and throwing his head at me, and he has that same kind of Christian Slater voice. I could see that too. Yeah. Like if you if you think about that and then watch it as he's like going on and on on a tangent, you know, and he's talking to Batman and doing. All Here's stuff. the really weird thing about this too is that from everything I've read, Ledger based a lot of his Joker on Sid Vicious. And so there's, even though they don't share a lot of screen time together, it's kind of cool that there are moments last night where there's Heath Ledger as the Joker modeled on Sid Vicious in the room with Gary Oldman, who played Sid Vicious and Sid and Nancy. Oh, yeah. So it's like you have a weird, so you have a second generation Sid Vicious talking to like a fourth generation uh, Sid Vicious. Yeah, because it's all about, yeah, because the Joker's all about anarchy. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, we got a break here in a second. Uh, we'll come back, we'll talk more about it, including uh, some of the righteous trailers uh, that played before The Dark Knight last night. So uh, if you you saw the dark night if you're on hold uh stay there we'll get your calls around the corner we'll keep it spoiler free but if you were there last night or if you saw it somewhere else uh we want to hear from you it's 503-733-2970 503-733-2970 dick Giuliano, timmy ryan and more around the corner stay there it's the rick emerson show why hello it's the rick emerson radio program all right thanks so much all right, it's 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970. Uh, 
733-2970. Thank you for coming by. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Dick Giuliano in just a skosh. Uh, later on, we'll have uh, Timmy Ryan at the Ministry of Truth. James Rube coming up. Scott Daly going to be in the studio. We'll do the top five. Um, so much stuff to talk about. First of all, um, so in addition to sort of thanking everybody who came out last night, uh, and did you, there were guys. Did you see those guys who had been in line since 530? No. I think you. I think they may have started letting people in. Uh, by the time you got there, I think they'd started letting people in Potato One. Yeah, I got was, there, and then, like, literally 30 seconds later, they started. There was dudes that were like, we've been here since 5 o'clock. By the way, we also have to say that it was perversely amusing to run across any number of people who were standing in the wrong line for hours on end. Uh, because they, it was a little confusing, because there was there was three different theaters, all starting within one minute of each other. And at one point, I, I walked by this gaggle of girls. It was like four blonde girls, and they sort of chirped really brightly. They're like, we've been in line for two and a half hours. And I said, really, what? What screen are you going to? 1203? And I said, you know, you're in the wrong line, baby. And they had to, like, walk all the way to the other side of the building and, you know, and get in the end of the line. But at one point, that line for Theater One was going all the way down the side of the building, all the way down the other side of the building, and around to the back. Uh, so thanks to everybody that came out. And so this, um, and so this guy, CJ, was there. And... He uh, had dropped off, you know, he brought a couple DVDs for me that he wanted me to watch. He's the guy that had dropped off those Family Guy DVDs at one point. But uh, I wish that, I'll have to take a photo of this and get it posted. He actually brought, and I do believe he made this, like, himself, a 30-pound replica. How do I put this? It is a real-life 30-pound replica of the sword that Kristen Bowie uses in World of Warcraft. And so it's kind of in the corner of the studio over there right now. It does look like some, it looks like some weird cross between a scimitar and like a massive cheese slicer for a giant. Um, so he comes up yesterday. This is the sort of thing that really only happens to us. So we're sort of in line waiting for the dark night. And he comes up and he's, hey, uh, so you want to come to my car? I've got this 30-pound sword for Christian Bowie. And I said, well, I'd... okay. So anyway, so thanks to that guy. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. How can I help you today? Uh, yeah, I just I just got a, a a bit of a gripe, not with the movie. The movie's phenomenal. Yes, but I was at the uh, Bridgeport Cinemas, I want to say, off 82nd. Uh huh. And uh, five minutes before the movie ended, I'm guessing I don't know the exact time. I'm going to say without spoiling uh, when the Joker was waiting for something to blow up. Do you know what part I'm talking about? Yes, yes, uh -huh. sir. The film burnt out. Oh uh, no! While oh. oh. we're, we're looking at the Two items that are about to blow up. Wow. They, uh, they said the reel would be back in five minutes, and then ten minutes later they said it would be up in 20 minutes. Here's a free ticket. And then 30 minutes later, sorry, this is not happening tonight. You all have to go home. Oh. Dude, that is wrong. That is no good. That's the worst. That's like the premiere of Aquaman and Entourage. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably there was a power outage. Yeah, it right? was so hot that the film melted. Jesus. And, I mean, that's... I mean that's a good two hours into the film. I mean you were you're within striking distance of the finish line at that point. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know, oh, I know. That is not that is not right. I mean I can't even. I and so this was this a midnight screening? Yeah, this is 12:05 a.m. So you gotta understand it's three o'clock in the morning. We're all tired. We're all ticked off. And I just felt bad for – there's, like, two people working in this theater <laughs> at that time. I have to tell you this. I, mean, I have never been more glad in my life that I wasn't working, like, a concession stand than last night. I can't oh. – I cannot even imagine. We, we we sort of got to go into – you know, we went into the theater early, kind of before they opened it up, you know, to kind of get the, the, the room ready and to sort of hang up banners and whatever. 
And I mean, you were wa- we would walk by the, the you know like the snack bar, and it was just really like a calm before the storm kind of a thing. It was like getting ready to storm the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. Jesus, I can't. And you know, if you're running a theater, th- don't you think that that has got to be just just the nightmare scenario? I mean, that's got to be the thing that wakes you up in the middle of the evening with a cold sweat. The idea that halfway through the premiere for the most anticipated film of the year, the bulb blows, the light it, it goes out, it, the film breaks. What did you say? Did you, was it like no, burned through? The, the film, I, I mean, I don't know what the technical term is, but it was that thing you always see where the the footage starts bubbling up and then the screen goes away. Oh, 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 that, that sucks. That's literally what happened. I'm like, this, I thought it was a joke. I uh, thought that was like... Did you I think of the joke? Was, jo- was it going to be some meta thing where the Joker had snuck into the production booth or something? No, no that's exactly what I thought. I thought it was going to be like one of those like old uh, Tex Avery Looney Tunes cartoons yeah. where Daffy Duck just shows up on the white screen while he's drowning. him. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. Uh, well, the robot did it in the end. Can you give me something? <laughs> no, no. We have our si- you have our sympathy though. Uh, that's no good. All right. I'm sorry, dude. When are you gonna When are you gonna see it again? Uh, I'm gonna see it on IMAX and uh, on IMAX and Sunday. All right. Good for you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Sorry about your uh, you know the suffering and the hey hey and the whatnot. You should be. All right. And the Mohegan. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Wow. So Dick is napping. Tyler can't really get a hold of him, so I told him if he can't get a hold of him by 50, then we'll probably just pass. That's fine. You okay. know, it's all right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello there. Hey, Rick, this is Jesse. What's up? Hey, uh, hey I was actually the guy sitting the row in front of you that thank you for uh, putting on the screening. Yes, sir. And the rest of them. A um, couple of points. Richie's song, Why? I don't. Okay. I didn't even expect that. Like that was the last thing I expected to see. Well, let me let, let's just back up and talk about the issue of Richie's song for a moment. Keep in mind, I didn't see it. I don't really know anything about it. All I know, all my knowledge about Richie's thong wearing last night is sort of second, third, or twelfth hand from people who saw it or people who were, you know, it's sort of like a Hindenburg, oh the humanity kind of thing where you look up and you suddenly glimpse it and it's burned into your retina forever. So. Yeah, it's so what? So 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 tell. So what was the deal? What, what did you see? It was it forcibly shown to you? What happened? Well, yes, it was multiple times because as I sat down, uh, you know, about three minutes later, Richie and Timmy came in. So it's like, oh, cool. Hey, Richie, Timmy, and suddenly Richie starts turning to everybody, and uh, he lifts his shirt, and you see this this whale tail thing, and he's got stuff written on his back, and I don't even know what it was. There's words Said written. Why so serious? And arrows and things pointing in his white song. <laughs> and literally all he's doing is, is raising up his shirt and putting it in everyone's faces and saying in his Rochelle voice that this row is reserved. And it was just kind of, it was kind of horrifying. All right, my question is, who is the poor soul that had to write something right above Richie's ass with a magic marker? Please tell me it wasn't you. I, I don't know. Adam. Shall we look at Timmy? I'm sorry, can we get... What? I think it was Adam because when I went, okay because I because I went to Richie's house because we rode together down there and Adam you know from the Pim Squad he was hanging out at uh, Richie's house drinking beforehand and uh, he was taking pictures of Richie he was taking a bunch of pictures for him. was Richie pirouetting that, around the room he was he totally was was Richie here. whistling I'm so pretty I'm so pretty right and I I didn't expect it when I walked in like hey guys what's going on you know and, <laughs> and handed me a beer and all of a sudden Richie's like. Dude, check it out, man. Lifts, uh, up, lifts up his shirt, and I see his ass and that thing written on his back and uh, his thong, uh, and I think that was in Adam's handwriting. You do realize that you live in some sort of weird gay porn sitcom, right? I mean, you understand that. I mean, that you would go over to the house, and there's Richie wearing a thong and Adam taking pictures of him. And Adam wonders why he can't meet women. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's Is pathetic. it my cologne? Adam's pathetic. 
I feel bad. That's me. That's Adam. Adam's pathetic. That's Timmy Timmy Ryan who said that. I've tried to hook Adam up several times. He's like, no, dude. I'd rather stay here and take pictures of Richie. No, he would rather get drunk every night. Adam's lab base. I'm sorry, Timmy. It wasn't Adam that I bumped into at a bar the other night at 7 p.m. who couldn't even walk with his little lady friend. He was like, stumble into the bar. Running into chairs and stuff, and it was like not even seven o'clock. It's like one big sad days of wine and roses. I'm not on a bar stool every night, hunkered over like Adam, though. Well, all right then. Thank uh, you, thank you, sir. Okay. Why right. do you have to kick him while he's down? Is it because he's better looking? <laughs> <laughs> Whose assessment is that? Is that yours? Well, we could do an Insta poll. Let's do an Insta poll now. <laughs> Because we don't have any Dick Giuliano. Uh, well, do we have a picture of Adam somewhere? No, he doesn't even have a MySpace. He's just, he's just, I can find one. Give me, give me. Cameras can't minutes. picture. Cameras can't capture his image. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do you got here? This uh, we have this Rick. Uh, all I can say is, holy God. Uh, hands down, the best movie I've seen in years. Damn, Heath Ledger for dying. It was some of the greatest acting I've seen. Uh, this guy really nails it, too. He says, I'm dreading the next Batman movie. I don't know if they can pull this off again. I kind of feel sorry for whoever they get to play the Riddler. Nothing he does is ever going to escape the shadow of Heath Ledger. Uh, and ow, 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 my eyes and Richie's thong. That was something I really didn't need to see repeatedly over and over. And who was the sorry individual who had the unfortunate duty of riding on his ass? Well, apparently, do you know for a fact it was Adam? I'm pretty sure it was Adam. All right. You... I, don't, I don't think anybody else was over there. Uh, when, when I, I don't think his brother or any of his roommates were even over there, so I'm pretty sure it was Adam because Adam was sitting there sipping on a you know a bottle of Jack when I showed up. <laughs> it's like some horrible southeast version of Lacaja Fall. Uh, all right, well, what can you do? Uh, how about this, Rick? Uh, saw the Dark Knight tonight. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's really ugly though. Hope it's not. That's not true at all. You... I thought she was pretty beat last night. Well, I mean, she didn't. Not... I think she's usually really pretty. I think she is gorgeous in Donnie Darko, but. I, I was actually kind of distracted at how unpretty she looked. I wouldn't say that she was ugly. I'd say she didn't look glamorous. Uh, I'd say that everything everything was kind of sagging. Like there were like lines and She lines. looked older. She well, did. Well, I mean, she is older. What are you going to do? I um, liked her in The Secretary. I was just going to say. I that, watched that movie Oh, yeah, you daily. guys are all, yes. But I watched that movie daily. But, you know, but that's the problem. See, you know, can I just tell you, it kind of frightens me how similar you and I are sometimes. Do you watch it? Do you watch it? Daily? It's like, you know what it is? It, you know, can I just tell you this? It's like looking. It's like looking into some sort of uglifying mirror. You know, I mean, really. It's, I, it's like bizarro. You know that Rick. it freaks me out sometimes because I. How old are you? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. So I'm eight years older. So I can say this. You know, you really do remind me of myself at the age of twenty-seven, or really, perhaps younger, uh, in in many ways. Uh, but I, I have to say this, like a lot of people. Uh, both male and female, I do hold up the, the secretary as being the definitive Maggie Gyllenhaal look because she was just like unbelievably scorching. Hot as balls. Seriously, I mean, that's I amazing. Like like... What, what was that movie with Will Ferrell and she was the baker? Oh, uh, Stranger uh, Strange Than Fiction. Yes, I liked her in that, yeah. too. But I mean, really, once you've seen her on all fours bringing you a piece of paper in her mouth, I mean, in a polka dot skirt, there's really just no getting past that. You know who looked kind of beat? I made Shelly do that. I don't want to hear about this. Uh... And by the, and by the way, we're gonna we're gonna talk about about her later yeah, on. Yeah, pleased to be remembering um, Shelley and Miss Space. So, um, I don't know what the hell I was talking about. Blah 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 blah. Maggie. Oh, you know who looked kind of simultaneously uh, very attractive and beat was Christian Bale. First of all, I see your thing about him being like the hottest guy on earth, though. He's he's amazingly that sequence when they were at dinner. And again, we won't spoil anything today. Yeah. But I mean, this is all stuff that's in the trailer. Uh, where Aaron Eckhart and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And Christian Bale and his, like, Russian, hot Russian date are all at dinner. And he's, I mean, I don't know, part of it's because he's playing a billionaire. I mean, I, I realize it's like how my wife said that she's, like, my wife has said that she's not into James Gandolfini, but she's totally hot for Tony Soprano. So I really see that, you know, I, I can see where that comes from. But I got to tell you that where Christian Bale is at dinner 
and he's talking, and he's talking about, you know, you know, one fundraiser with my friends, and you'll never need, you know, never need to get a penny again. He really, uh, I mean, he does have a he certain something. It. He's He has a certain sex appeal. But did you notice that Christian Bale has, like, weird, saggy things under his eyes? It's like it's well, like he looks a, a little tired. Definitely. It's like the skin under his eyes has been loosened or something. Yeah, I see. You're saying they're like this little like patches. Yeah, I've known people who have like paper thin skin like that. That's one of those weird. That's a, that's the thing is his skin looks really thin. It's like you get the feeling if you were really close to Christian Bale, you could just see all of the veins underneath his eyes. Like we all can't be Greek gods like you and I. Well, no, that's you know. Well, I don't know what, the, what it comes down to. See, the thing is, I want to agree, but then I don't. Well, yes, it's true. Because you and I don't have sagging things. Anywho, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Trevor. Just want to let you know I went to the 6 a.m. IMAX, and we had a projector faux pas for about one minute, thank God. What happened? It, it just went blank. Well, I mean, at what, point, at what point in the film? It was right in the point when the all three men came together again, and they were flushing out what was about to happen. Oh, and then it, and so that it just went it went black, and then it came back? And then it came back. Thank you. Jesus. I mean, I can't... The, and have we all been have we all been in this situation too, where you're in a theater and you're watching a movie, and something on the screen, like the film, starts to sort of jiggle or something, you hear like a on the soundtrack, Absolutely. and you and your heart you're like, oh God, no, 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 mm. I refuse to let this happen. The film will not snap. I command it. And then you know, and usually it doesn't happen. I, when I saw, what did I see opening weekend when it happened? I saw seven. Opening night uh, when that came out back in whatever '94. Did you think it was part of the film? <laughs> I did because the thing about Seven is, like all David Fincher movies, it looks like it was filmed through algae. And so I'm sitting there watching Seven, which is just so underlit and scratchy and brown and green looking anyway. And it was right after. Um, it was right. It was right as they are getting ready to take Kevin Spacey out into the open field before the whole what's in the box segment. And it's like, you know, and it's like, uh, what's it, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are like shaving and they're bonding together in the bathroom or whatever. And they're like, all right, let's get John Doe and go to the countryside or whatever. And then there's a... That's true pain. And then it just went down you're like, oh, come on. And, of course, it was, you know, at midnight or something, and I had to be there. There's no way that I could stay and watch it again or whatever. So, yeah, that is like, that's that's the worst ass in all that is... I do Nancy. have to say, though, if you can see this movie in IMAX, it is well worth it. Sarah Honestly, I've seen them in, in both. I saw yeah. IMAX first in this. It, it is a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, it's still an amazing movie, but that IMAX, the IMAX shots are unreal. It really is. It's an unfair comparison, though. I mean, it's it, you know, it is. It's like seeing something on a black and white television and then seeing something on like a huge flat screen. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's not. It it it's a, it's sort of an unfair side by side of the two. But IMAX really is. Uh, what did I see in IMAX? I saw. Um, I saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, oh, and IMAX, the uh, the Tim Burton one. It was it was just yeah, just amazing. So all right, yep. uh, well, I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoy the film, sir. Have a good one. Thank you, my mm, friend. Bye bye. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, sorry about yesterday. Trying to talk about going to the IMAX on Monday when you were still pimping your uh, show last night. Um, I know Timmy and I know Adam and. Adam's a lot better looking than Timmy. I'm sorry, Timmy. I have a picture up at com of Adam and Timmy. All right, so you have a side-by-side. -side. Yes. Uh, let me look at this now. Hold on just one second, sir. Let me... The keyboard is just covered with, with things. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Uh, SarahXDillon.com. Sarah X Dylan. 
Com. How great was Aaron Eckhart, too? Let's give it up to Aaron Eckhart. Remember when I was talking about yesterday, how he's my favorite performance of us? Um, I have to... Wow. Well, that's not a good picture of me, though. Wow. That's a horrible picture no, okay, of me. No, here, no, that, see, that's what you look like in every picture. I was just going to say, you may no. not like this picture of you, but it's representative because this is, the so. pose, this is the pose you strike for every goddamn picture. See, last, no. the last time you were on this program, the which seems like accurate. it was just a, a blink of an eye ago... The last time you were on the program, we had a four-hour discussion about the fact that you look like this in every photo, including the photo that you got taken for Couple. That's well, not, in, no. in, in Timmy's defense, I've only seen him uh, after he's ending his shift at uh, KUFO on Saturday mornings. But other than that, uh, I've seen them both at their worst. And Is this why you're, like, waiting in the shrubs or something? <laughs> no, no, I used to uh, phone screen for miles around. Oh, I have no idea. See, I don't know anything about anything. Yeah, All right. That, that That is a horrible, horrible picture of me. I was really tired and drunk there. Uh-huh. All right. Thank Great. you, sir. Great show. Thank, thank you, guys. you. And that's All before right. I started running again, too. I'm down about 15 pounds. You know, by the way, 15 pounds from what? You know, I, no, I got up to 163, and I'm like 147 right now. All right. Is this because of your diet of vegan donuts? No, no. Can we reveal by the can we reveal that we have a, the, the several cases of voodoo donuts in the kitchen this morning, and you immediately descended on them like flies no, into a rib I, roast? No, I didn't eat one yet. No, you were you know the only reason you didn't eat one is because you were like vegan voodoo donuts, fantastic. And Sarah and I immediately called you out on it because they have vegan donuts. They're there. not vegan donuts. I swear to God, they Nothing, have vegan donuts. Are, you said that all of them are vegan. I, donuts, a lot right? of them are. A lot of them are. Every time I go there, there's a huge. Well, how can you just How would you know? How would there's a, they're unlabeled um, donuts in a box? I think because I think it's kind of obvious. Please tell me you them up and lick them all to determine whether to determine their uh, dairy kinda, content. You can just kind of tell. You know? So after you taste them, you can kind of tell? You can kind of tell. It's things you can tell just by looking at them, just like with girls. Tell you what, I, I'm not against this Instapol thing, but I think we do need to put a better picture of me on there versus Adam. Because that, um, that is a horrible picture of me. All right. What would you... I'm, I'm taking the one from your MySpace smoking in the boys' room. You look decent in that one. Really? Yes. Okay, t- how about you take that and get rid of the... Uh... All right, but then we need to find a better picture of uh, Adam. Well, we'll just we'll just just put. Uh, can you just put a picture of Timmy below this picture? Let me tell yes. you this guy. And we'll just say Adam's the guy on the left, and then you know Timmy there is the guy down, down below. There was a time where I was inactive. I was drinking way heavier than I am now. Uh, my diet what, does not. It doesn't. <laughs> no, it was really bad. Like I was doing nothing. Uh, and this is kind of uh, part of that period too. And Good I'm to see of... you've really turned your life around. Oh, I was kind of depressed. Too. You were reeking of whiskey in the seat next to me in the theater but last night. I ran nine and a half miles yesterday. Here's the. Here's... It was nine miles this morning. <laughs> it was. It, it turned out to be about nine. And By and the half, end of the day, it. you will have run to the sun and back. No, I I, I measured it on my little uh, map thing here, and it was about nine and a half miles. Uh huh. So, do you remember doing this last night? Do you remember because uh, we had somebody here that had a ticket that wasn't able to come to the show? Do you remember doing this? Go, oh, that's good. I really need to stretch out. And then immediately just sort of sponging yourself all over uh, two different seats. Do you remember this? Kind of. Yeah. Do you remember leaning forward and sort of putting your head into your hands and kind of going? All well, right. I, that's I good to see that you really brought yourself around. I'm glad. Sort of. Sort all of, twelve it, steps have clearly it was worked. Exhaustion. For you. I got to be honest. I'm usually in bed by one mm-hmm. tops, and I ran nine miles, and I had like four shots of whiskey and two beers at Richie's. You know, house. saying that you're in bed by one o'clock is. We don't want to know. We don't want to. Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah, okay. Sarah sees you out and about at a bar that we won't name, like half in the bag at like 7 o'clock. All the time. And he doesn't see me either for like an hour. And I'll just be sitting there with my friends and Timmy. You know, we'll be sitting there with Shelly and they'll be like talking and then there's arguing and then there's making out against the bar. And then they there's stumble There's been out. a lot more arguing lately. Do you and, do you and, do you and Shelly have, have a... The fact uh, that she got into your MySpace page. Do you have a... Well, that... that wait, what? That, wait. that blew up. That Hold was a, on. That was a big wait, let's all up. stop for a second. Let's back up. First of all, 
I think we gave you like a, a strong lecture the other day about not blowing it with her because she's way more stable and successful than anybody in this room, probably. Uh, so I would really, str you, you know, I'm just saying you, you lose that at your own peril, my friend. She is she is the stable person. Well, you find her hot, don't you? Oh, she's attractive. I'm just saying, as we, we this is a well discussed dynamic that everybody in this in this on this show, uh, you know, we it's the radio people or people who work in any sort of entertainment field always end up, you know, you, you find somebody who's a lot more stable than you are. You know what I mean? Kind of. And so I'm just saying, she is the stable yin to your, you know, you. Uh, so no, no, I, you I, screw that up at your own I peril, really my friend. I really shouldn't be complaining because I mean, you know, it's it's so not like it's a bad situation. But so so what have the fights been about? Uh, you have a codependent relationship. What do you mean by codependent? Uh, meaning, do you that do you just drink and fight and then make up and then drink and fight and then make up? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And her and I should not be drinking whiskey together. That's that's for damn sure. Last time that happened, we were over at like the what's it, the horse's brass, and we were drinking the scotch, and it was really bad. It the scotch got... or the incident? The oh, night. So so what, what happened? What did you fight about? Oh, I don't know. We just kind of like. I, here's the thing. It's just like whiskey, like you know, kind of makes me a different breed of animal, and like she can't, she can't, uh, she can't digest the whiskey because like she has some Cherokee on her side or whatever. So it just makes her belligerently drunk instantaneously. And so when you have these two competitive personalities... Have you taken that CBS uh, course about uh, sensitivity? Have you taken... Have you filled out the blue handbook? Come on, we all know that I'm sensitive around here. Moving on. Uh, all right, we oh, should take like a break. That, I like that picture better. Good all job, right. Sarah. I'll tell you what, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do an Instapoll. We have uh, the Ministry of Truth, Timmy Ryan, and for Tim Riley. Coming up later on, uh, Cena Radio correspondent James Roop has a little bit of uh, Britney Spears news. We'll have some George W. Bush news. Geek Watch coming up. Corpse Watch coming up. Uh, Britney Watch. Scott Daly and the top five. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up next week, we'll be talking to the guys from BaconSalt.com, by the way. Uh, let's see. What else is happening next week? Well, some other stuff. Let's talk about it later. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Timmy Ryan in for Tim Riley today. Uh, let's see. we got Scott Daly coming up later on. Top five. What not. All right, let's see. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Hi, how are you? What up? Hi, uh, Sarah and Timmy. Hey, hello. I don't want to sound like an old guy or anything, but I went to go see uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at Omsi, and, you know, on the, on the big IMAX thing. Yes, sir. And it looked too big and misshapen and kind of weird. Well, it, I think it, it serves some films better than other films. I think if it's filmed for IMAX... Uh, then it probably is going to work pretty well, I think. And that's the deal with uh, with Dark Knight is that Nolan filmed a bunch of scenes. The whole opening scene with Joker, a lot of the city safe escape scenes were filmed with special cameras for the IMAX experience. I think if you just take, you know, whatever, if you just take, like, Oklahoma and stick it on uh, the IMAX, it's probably not going to work. Right, right. Okay, so, I mean, and, and in your opinion, Sarah, it looked, it looked right. I mean, the... Didn't look all bendy and weird. It did. It wasn't one of the bendy ones though. It was the one out in um, Tiger the Bridgeport. So it was like it was a flat screen. It was a big flat screen. It's just screen. huge. It was just enormous. 
But it was oh, so crystal clear. It felt like I had um, just updated my prescription, my glasses. It like it feels like it's almost three dimensional. It was so clear. There is because I think it's all digital too. I might be wrong about that, but I um I think it's all digital photography, which means it's not you know you're not losing a generation. It's not the it's not on film. It's all captured digitally, which means it's you know it's, it's a perfect image. Uh, but there but I mean, there are some IMAX theaters though where yeah where, you're, where everything gets bent at the corners and then it's all weird. Uh, but the key is to see it at a place that really has the big flat screen. I saw a Rolling Stones concert film uh, in a flat screen IMAX one time, which is weird, because there are like moments where you just feel like you're going right up Keith Richards' nose. But uh, I would strongly recommend seeing it in an IMAX theater if you have the chance, though, sir. All right, thank you for the tech talk. I appreciate right. it. Thank you, my friend. Bye. All right, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, in for Tim Riley. This is Timmy Ryan. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Hi. We'll lead off with somebody jumping off the Hawthorne Bridge. All right. Now, a couple of things about this. First of all, so when did this happen? 12.30 a.m. last night. All right. Have they released the guy's name? No. Not uh, yet. All right. Okay. All right. This is... Uh, now, he is dead? He is no longer with us. He has passed away into the uh, next heaven. So we should... do. So let's just quickly... Is this a Darwin watch or not? No. I mean, he's... Ju- I mean, I... He's jumping off a well, bridge. all the details. His no, name has I'll, even I'll been I'll tell released. you why. I'll tell you why. Here we go. <sighs> Rescue divers have recovered the body of a man police say was jumping off the Hawthorne Bridge with friends late Thursday night. So he was doing it with a group of people. At about midnight, investigators said a group of people were jumping off the span and then swimming to shore. Officials say it was more fun than to cool off since the temperature of the river was about 70 degrees. But one man... Who went over the rail with a friend didn't make it back to shore. Well, that, first of all, that doesn't sound right. The river, there's no way the river was 70 degrees. Well, it says the river water was 70 degrees. Yeah, that doesn't. Mm, well, it's getting later in July, but I, that's that really river warm. Is, that river, river is huge. I mean, it's massive. 70 degrees like your bath. Yeah, but there's probably a bunch of nuclear waste and they're warming it up. All right, so this is from the middle of the Hawthorne Bridge? Yeah. And this is what time? 12.30 last night, so right when the uh, the dark night was starting to All right. meteorically show. All right. Do they believe that uh, alcohol may have been a factor? Once again, let's put one and one together on this one. I'm just saying, have the police have the police speculated? Group of people, 12:30 at night, Hawthorne Bridge, kind of dead center, like where there's like 50 bars nearby. Let's just let's just figure that one. So out. you're just saying, in your journalistic opinion, you believe that that might have been a possibility? Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Um, fire officials say they found the man's body at about 12:30 a.m. Friday in 20 feet of water. Divers described the conditions in the water as extremely murky, with little or no visibility. They use underwater lights to locate the body. The drowning victim has not been identified yet. He's been described as in his mid-30s. Divers say he was not snagged or tangled up in any underwater obstacles. So I wonder what killed him. Well, but, I mean, there's only 20 feet of water. So, I mean, if there's only 20 feet of water, aren't you just going to go straight down and stick in the mud and drown? Maybe that's what happened. I mean... I'm pretty sure that's maybe what happened. But I don't know. But this doesn't make any sense either because if if they're jumping off... I'm trying to figure out from where they were jumping. I can't, I cannot fathom they were jumping off the middle of the bridge, first of all. I mean, even no matter how drunk you are, I can't imagine that a whole group of guys would decide it's a good idea to jump off in the middle of the bridge. They must have been close to shore on one side, but not as close as they thought. I mean, that's the thing, right? They must have figured, like, well, we're pretty close to shore. We'll jump, and then we'll be close enough we can swim. But maybe what happened is they jumped. But they were actually close enough that the water was relatively shallow. You hit the mud, stuck, and then you, you know, and then it's, uh, it, right. then it's and then it's all for you. So, so. if you're going to jump off the Hawthorne, uh, jump off in a deeper place. 
That's the opinion of CBS News, by the way. All right. So you don't die. All right. Uh, St. Arbucks has identified all the 600 company-owned stores that plans to close in a bid to boost its business and weed out unprofitable locations. And there's a few here in Portland, but I'll get to that here in a minute. Did you just call it St. Arbucks? Yeah, St. Arbucks. That's awesome. The church the church of St. Arbucks. Okay, that's pretty funny, actually. The holy water is frappuccino. Did you steal that from somebody? Be honest. I don't think so, no. I just kind of looked at it and said, there's an S-T... And then followed by Arbuck, so why not make it? All right, Arbuck? so you should so you should keep that. That should be a thing you do. Kind of like video rodeo. Yes. Did you come up with that? Yeah. All right. That'd be like uh, that's like uh, a thing that I took from Don Geronimo, where uh, Don Geronimo was always calling it um, eBay. Yeah. Like eBay. There every every time that you say video rodeo, I get a buck. Yeah. What do you think? I get royalties. You're like Michael Buffer with the Let's Get Ready to Rumble. St. Arbucks. All right, so they're closing three here in Portland? Yes. Uh, included on the list are six stores in Oregon and 19 stores in Washington State. The company announced 50 stores late last week, saying those stores would be closed by the end of July. Um, the stores that are going to be closed here in Portland include the Hawthorne 2 store. That's gonna, that's up on Hawthorne. Is that, the, is that the one? Is Hawthorne 2 the one by that the theater? I don't know. Like in Lad's Edition? They had the addresses, but I just can't remember. And, and yeah, that's remember the one that I worked at. That was the one that your hot friend Jenny worked at. Yeah, that was the one I worked at. Yeah, okay. That was on, that's on 19th. And I wonder if that's the one they're closing. All that's right. Hawthorne, too. Okay, yeah, they're so they're closing, closing that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, one up, the one up on 82nd saw the hookers and prostitutes and drug dealers. Want to be able to get the frappuccino. Where's the one on 82nd? On 82nd and what? I don't know. It just... Something on 82nd yeah. somewhere. I mean, it's sort of interesting that this is even a story. Do you and know what I mean? The one near the Clackamas Town Center. They're all because closing. Because there's like 80,000 Starbucks in the world. and they're, I mean, they're closing. I mean, you know, you don't like to see anybody lose their job. But, I mean, they're closing it, really a, a tiny handful of stores. It's inter- it is indicative of how woven into the American fabric Starbucks is that it's a story that they're, that they're closing a small percentage of stores. Right. So if your favorite Starbucks is being closed, just go across the street. I mean, that's, really, I mean, that's the other thing, too. Just, it's, just it's, walk five feet. As the guy noted in the beginning of that book, Starbucks, I mean, especially in Portland, there were at least two different locations where there were two Starbucks within 80 feet of each other. So it's, I mean, like I said, you don't like to see anybody lose their gig, but I mean, at the same time, it's not like it's a big crisis for the American consumer. So That's true. St. Arbucks, that's funny. St. Arbucks, it's right. Holy Church of St. Arbucks. There you go. Uh, the Army says... They're still going to continue to shoot pigs because it's helping to save the lives of wounded soldiers. Animal rights activists, however, are calling the training cruel and outdated. Despite the opposition from PETA, the Army is moving forward with its plan to shoot live pigs and treat their gunshot wounds in a medical trauma exercise. So there you go. Army shooting pigs to uh, help wounded soldiers. And it's too bad that they're shooting the pigs where they can be made into, uh, I don't know, some kind of bacon donut that you could eat. That's cruel. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's just cruel. Really reaching for that joke. No. I'm sorry. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is just to clarify. This is Trevor again. Yes. IMAX is only filmed currently. When you see it in IMAX, it was shot on film. It's not shot digitally. Oh, okay, so it's not a digital uh, capture then. So it is actually, so it's on celluloid. That is That's correct. even more impressive because that was just a startlingly clear image uh, last night of that film. So, all right, excellent. Thank you, sir. And then one more thing. Yeah, IMAX. Oh. What is that? Nothing. Go ahead, sir. Okay, IMAX is starting to do prototypes of digital projection, though. It's. I have to tell you, this uh, Cameron, I guess, James Cameron is working on some... Uh, thank you for the call, sir. Uh, James Cameron's working on some film that I think is going to be... I think it's going to be digital, and I think uh, this is a thing that has been, like, in the works with Cameron just for years, that he apparently hates uh, the sort of the bad rap that he feels that 3D gets. And so, apparently... 
the, the story that ever has been going around for a long time is that Cameron is working in like in you know James Cameron's secret underground laboratory. He's working on some revolutionary, groundbreaking thing which will which will make 3D a viable way to see a movie. Because I guess he hates the glasses, hates the weird fuzziness, hates the ghosting image. Like he he hates the sort of trashy, terrible, low rent way that 3D always looks. So like his goal is to make 3D actually work, and that's I guess what his next project is supposed to be. Awesome. Like, he could film Titanic and have been, it be all underwater. He's been so well. He kind of did that. He did. Uh, the Titanic. I know that. I know you're attempting to make a uh, make a. <laughs> was that like Francis the Talking Mule? What was that? I was going for sheep. That, that was supposed to be me underwater. I was going to say that I know you're attempting to be bleakly uh, funny there, but he did that Ghosts of the Abyss movie, which was, uh, no lie, like the Titanic underwater in 3D. He did an insane impression this morning. Of what? Of who? Was it of Should some... we say who? No, don't say who. Wait, hold on. Do, is, do you get to do the impression on the air? I don't know. I don't know if he, if he, if he wants to. Yo, hold yo, on. yo! I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Really? I can keep on going, but it would be pretty obvious of who I'm alluding to. Of who you're alluding to? Yes. Just throw in an extra preposition and call it good. <laughs> okay. All right, yo, here's... yo, yo, what's up? Yo, yo. Don't do that. Here's Timmy Ryan. <laughs> uh, Britney Watch. <laughs> Sorry. Here's your Britney Watch. I don't even know what's going on in this program half the time. your Britney watch. You know, every time that something bad happens to Britney, I think the sun shines a little brighter. And an angel gets its wings. Seriously. Um, Britney Spears ended her battle yesterday to win back custody of her two young sons from ex-husband Kevin Federline. According to the terms of the agreement, Spears will continue to have monitored visitation with her sons two days a week and one overnight, but basically Federline's got custody of the kids. Well, so but she gave up custody. So but he did it. But he, he already had custody. No, but she's kids. lost her kids. Right. So basically, she gets to see him here and there and on uh, the television. She gets on to the see TV. Him as, she gets to see them on TV as he's pushing them as he's have as he's paying someone to push them down the street in the stroller. Right. All right. Well, fair enough then. Is that the extent of the story? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, she <laughs> she doesn't have any kids anymore. Oh yeah, she's going to be uh, apparently appearing in a Madonna video. Well, we already heard that, that she's going to be filming. So she's going to be pre-filming something that they're going to then play. It's going to be like some interactive thing. They're going to play the Madonna tour, which goes out on the road uh, this fall. But I thought the kids were with Kevin Federline this whole time anyway. This is just how little we've been following the Britney Spears. They saga. have been. I think. I don't know. I don't, that's a little. But bit this is like an official thing. Like she didn't get visitation or anything. Like it's so. She, she gets visitation. Oh, but like she gets, but like they don't get to stay with her. Yeah. So basically, like any chance that she had of having her children live with her in her life is gone. All right. Why is Madonna? Why is Madonna having anything to do with Britney Spears? Because it's like it's like attaching a. 500-pound weight to your leg when you're trying to swim across the river. I would I would agree with you on that, and I would say that one of the things that we have noted on this program is that as much as I love Madonna, and I really do, uh, but it, 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 like with every passing, it, the older Madonna gets, I think the less she really has her finger on the pulse. Do you know what I mean? Like I, you know, like there was a time when Madonna really was. Would she not only? I mean, she fought. Was she made the trend? She was on the bleeding edge uh, of evolution and so forth. But I mean, as but it's like as she got older, she sort of fell behind the curve. To where she just, just plays a lot of catch up, and the idea that you're having Britney Spears 
film something for you. I mean, unless Madonna is sort of looking into some weird future where she sees Britney Spears having kind of a comeback and that she is trying to get out ahead of that by having her do something now. But I, it seems like kind of a miscalculation. What I read was that she's trying to, um, you know, in true Madonna fashion, is she's trying because she had a bunch of Justin Timberlake's uh, songs and stuff on her new album because they right. made a lot of work together. And supposedly in one of the shows on her tour, she wants to get Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears back on stage together. Uh, That's her ultimate goal. Okay, fair Why? enough. I can see that. Well, because she's Madonna, Madonna. she'll do she'll do anything the for kind of cheese is going to her head, man. <laughs> So it's, it's like a, that, 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 okay. cottage cheese is like a blood clot, and it's just going through her brain and just you know clogging her her, her brain cells. The cottage cheese is going oh, to she your looks head. Horrible. Could you imagine like see her naked? You already know she's got stretch marks in cottage cheese. I mean, I have to say that I. She really doesn't though. I I can tell that she does. But here's my. You can tell. I can tell. I can tell. With my X-ray vision eyeballs. No, no. I, with I, your I've bat seen, night vision. I've seen enough girls naked. I can tell what they look like underneath their clothes. Can you tell what Sarah looks like underneath her clothes? Ooh, no. No. I'm just saying, no, look, I mean, look, if you're going to say it in the abstract, I want to see if you'll say it to Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's putting a piece of paper in front of her uh, bosoms. I'm, I'm not looking at your bosoms. He's looking into your soul. He's looking at me, Rick. <laughs> Make him quit looking at me. I hate it when they look at me. Uh, all right. I have to say I do agree with the Madonna thing, though, but I just, and the, the, I don't even, it's to me, it's not even like a cellulite thing. It's just she's like muscly and bony at this point. You know, there's a kind of kind of a point, it's like in baseball, where you had a good career, you're no longer able to hack it anymore. It's time just to kind of kick back. Maybe you could be a batting coach. Maybe you could be a general manager. You could show the young kids how to do it and pass along your information. Uh, I think that's what Madonna needs to do. Well, she needs to step out and say, look, this, here's, here's, some, uh, here's some of the beats off my own playbook. Here's how you could do it. Well, see, that's what she ought to do. That She ought to do like some, it's like a Tony Robbins thing, uh, but like in a G-string. Uh, I would say this about Madonna. Here's the thing. Uh, musically, I mean, you know, and, and obviously she has a lot of you know, producers and collaborators that help her put together her records. But as evidenced by uh, that hung up single a couple years ago, I mean, she can still put out music that people like. But I would say this, this is my thing about Madonna is that. She has reached that sort of level of fame and power where nobody can kind of get her in a room and speak to her honestly. Nobody's able to say, like... Like Elvis. That's the thing, you know. Right. Or, like Elvis or Like Elvis or J.K. Rowling. Uh, nobody can sort of sit around and go, look, you've you, you got to do some editing here. Here's the thing with Madonna. The problem is, is that she still thinks that she can pull off, like, the sex pop thing the way that she used to. She was on the cover of, it was like, Vogue or something a couple months ago, and she was wearing... I mean, she's wearing basically like a tiny, like a tiny swimsuit. And it's just altogether unappealing. You know what? You're just 50. You just can't oh, dress like that little, way anymore. When she was in her like little aerobicide. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it was. And so my thing is, here's the thing is, she has, and I really do, and I really am giving this advice that if, you know, if, if, if this travels into the ether and she hears it, it's going to be better for her. Madonna, and this would be great too because she'd be sort of defying expectations. She's made such a career out of looking overtly sexy, showing a lot, dressing like a dominatrix, you know, in that human, in the human nature era and all of that stuff. She ought to go the other way now. And do sort of a covered up, like a sophistication. You know what I mean? Yeah, the way she's dressing right now reminds me of like that old woman who still thinks she's like a sexy she grandma like that comes to the bar. She looks like a cougar. That's she the does. thing. Uh, mm. No, no, I don't think so. No, but I mean, but you know what I mean? She looks like the fifty-something woman on your block who's like trying to look all sexy for the boys. And I mean, you, the thing a about cougar, Madonna though? wouldn't that be a miscategorization of her? Well, I think Madonna used to. She didn't really ever have to work at being sexy before. She just sort of was. And at this point, it's like she's chasing it. You know what I mean? You she's, think so? she's chasing the sex appeal rather than just having it. So at this point, she got to do like a fabulous Baker Boys thing. What is she? What's what is she going to do when she's sixty though? I mean, and it's sneaking up on her. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to wake up tomorrow and she's going to be sixty. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's. I mean, I think she is. 
the the problem with Madonna and trying to figure out what she's going to do with her career is that there's just never been anybody like her. I mean, you know, at least from I mean, there's Elvis, but I mean, I think the, the rules are different for men and women. So there is no way to figure out what she's going to do because there really is no. There's no precedent. You know what I mean? There's no benchmark. If you were to have a balance, if you were to have a team of people that, you know, like you were saying, that said, Madonna, you're you're effing up. You're, you're not you're not as young as you once were. It's time to start playing in a new direction. I think that would help her. But I don't think there's anybody. I don't think there's anybody who can tell her that and have her. I can't believe we're talking as much about Madonna. Jesus, I like chicks. Uh, there's your the there's your Britney watch. I no, love girls. Nicola Arcade. Uh, they were at the Dark Knight last night. Peter sat next to me at the movies last night. Looking scruffy and scrubbed, as only they can. Yes, so. he's, he's, they're cute boys. The thing about Nicola Arcade is, and, I, and I, we really do love those guys, but have you ever met a, a group of, of guys, young men, who, I mean, they are either the world's scruffiest Fresh-faced kids or the world's cleanest scruffy kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you see his his bandmate Eugene sitting next to him? No. Who was on the MySpace? Oh, the on his laptop. Time. Yeah. He his laptop. I'm like, you know, dude, MySpace will be there for you in two well, and a half I can't hours. even believe that they let him in with that. Actually, I saw him with his with his laptop open, and I was. Oh, that's a good. Point, and I joked. To, I, I was kind of joking. I said, you know, does the MPAA know you have your laptop in here? And he's like, F them. Can I ask a question? Yes. Sir. And there's nothing against them. I kind of noticed this with a lot of bands. Oh God. Why is it that all lead singers? Like they say, I swear to God, and this is not making fun of them. This is just kind of a generalization. Well, I sing like this. My girl loves me. Where did she go? Isn't it true? And I notice this with a lot of bands. I, this is kind of this common thing where, like, well, I don't know where you went. You, you what? You agree? I don't know. I'm just kind of. Kind of I will acknowledge there may be a small grain of truth to what you're observing. <laughs> I, I just, I just hear that, that was really, that was really eerie. What you just did. I just noticed that every goddamn lead singer, are of, you like, secretly every band, uh, you know, sounds like. That. Are you secretly a member of Dashboard Confessional? You sound like that when you sing, though. N- really? Not really. But, I, but I mean, See, I can sing. I, I'm not like putting myself on a pedestal, but I can sing a lot of stuff. He's, you are, you're versatile. Well, okay, like I was at karaoke from hell, and I sang the Beatles, and then I got up like 20 minutes later and sang Ace of Spades. Why don't you give us a little rendition of the Beatles song that you sang right now? Please don't like, do that. Uh, which one? Uh, whatever song you sang. Uh, what did I have in, like, I think it was like, yesterday, love was such an easy game to play. That, I, yeah, yeah, I keep really going. Drunk. Now I need a place to hide away, now I believe in yesterday. Sing yesterday as though you were an emo guy. Huh? Yesterday, <laughs> love was such an easy game to play. I mean, you really you have to say that he's sort of onto something there. I mean, there is that not sort of nothing about nothing. There is with with a lot of uh, emo bands. There's that sort of singing halfway through your nose kind of a thing that they do. Yeah, okay, whatever. There's no getting around that. Oh, dude, yeah, I told you this last night, but I heard 800 Octane's new album. You said it's righteous. It is so good. You are going to love it. And. Uh, can we say the other part of that that you told me? Yeah, I think so. That yeah. it's they're they're go, they're they're going their separate ways. Yeah, I think it's I think it's their last. It's their album. farewell record, but you said it's great. Yeah, so. yeah. And you know, uh, yeah, I already told you this, but uh, I didn't know this, but it's just an added bonus. So Wednesday thirteen is going to be in town, July thirty first at Rock and Roll Pizza, uh, and I'm a huge Wednesday thirteen fan. And opening there's I think it's I think it's four bands that night, but one of the bands opening for Wednesday thirteen is 
uh, 800-Octane. So good for those it's guys. the greatest night ever. Seriously, I mean, good for them and good for Wednesday 13 to have, a, you know, some good opening music. And then uh, good for me because I'm going to be there. So, anyway, we are sort of working on getting Wednesday 13 uh, on the show for an interview. I don't know if it's going to happen You have been such a fanboy of theirs forever. Man, they're so, they so unbelievably good. Uh, so I was listening to that CD on the way home from the uh, movie last night. So in any event. All right. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. Hey. Um, hey, all I got to say about The Dark Knight is the pencil scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that scene ruled. You know, here's the thing That's about... Like, that kind of sets the tone. The thing about Heath Ledger is he... He really does pull off a neat trick of being funny and absolutely chillingly evil all at once. And that's, it's really hard to do, I say with all my vast acting skill, it's really hard to do because it, I think a lot of times you run the risk of just being campy, you know, or kitschy. And I have to say, there's nothing campy or corny or kitschy about about his Joker. He Especially walks, like that part when he's leaving the hospital. It's like oh, that yeah. could be totally silly and stupid. But he just looks insane, which is what he is. Uh, or the uh, again, we uh, we won't spoil anything. But there's there's a sequence where he is a um, he's uh, they're watching him on video, doing something. Yeah. And and I get and it's like he's sort of crazy and kooky, and then you're watching. But at the same, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because because you realize he's and as we've said over and over again. And again, it's not like I'm like the biggest Batman historian or, or whatever. I mean, I'm you know maybe a little more than a layman's knowledge, but I'm not. I'm not like a big a big comic book guy, but but the thing about the Joker that that as I always say that Jack Nicholson just never got. I mean, you can almost forgive uh, what's his name Cesar Romero in the '60s because it's the '60s and it was sort of out of his control and they were you know it was a campy show and they didn't you know he was just sort of doing what they were what they were writing him to do. The thing about Nicholson though is that he just made him so completely unthreatening. There was just nothing scary or threatening at all. About Jack Nicholson, they overlooked the fact that he's a villain. He never came off as a villain, and there is no mistaking the fact uh, that Heath Ledger is a villain. I mean, there's just no getting around it. I mean, they they it just nails it. So, yeah. Ah, uh, uh. all right. Anything else, sir? Uh, no, that was it. All right, thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you. All right, there you go. I love the expressions too. Like that one point. At one point, you the Joker and Harvey Dent are looking at each other, and he's just like, yeah. That, like, just those little things that he did with his face was... Oh, you know, and, and having seen, uh, like, uh, Brokeback Mountain and, uh, what's it, uh, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, you know, all those... I mean, did you, you, like, if you if you were watching Heath Ledger as the Joker, and, you know, in a couple of times I would sort of in my head, like, I'm got, like I'm doing that side-by-side CSI facial comparison where I've got, like, the Joker and I've got, like, the Brokeback Mountain guy. And I know there's makeup on, but even that, I'm trying to like put those two guys together the in my head. Are just totally and it doesn't, different. yeah, it just never, like if I didn't know, if I didn't know it was Heath Ledger, and if he just took me into the theater and said, who's that guy? I don't think I would ever spot that it was him. I mean, not that like, he's the high profile actor or wasn't anyway, but I mean, even having seen Brokeback Mountain and that having been such a big cultural movie, I don't think I would ever spot that it was Heath Ledger. Although I would have liked uh, Brokeback Mountain a lot more if uh, Heath Ledger would have been appearing as the Joker in Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I'm sure that there's somebody putting together a YouTube parody of that as Absolutely. we speak. Absolutely. You know that that's happening. You'll complete me. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, uh, the hand scene. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, come on, Timmy. <laughs> uh, let's see. What are we doing here? Um, okay, yeah. Are bacon. we going to vote on Timmy versus Adam? Oh, let's do that right now, okay. shall we? All right, kids. Uh, go to sarahxdillon.com uh, right now. sarahxdillon.com. Uh, sarahxdillon.com. You will see, let's see. Uh, right here. You will um, see a picture of the Pimp Squad 
And what we're going to do is it's a little Insta poll here. Oh, I'm sorry. You've updated it. Okay. You've changed it. There's a picture of Adam. I have that picture up, and then I have separate pictures. Okay. That's the only picture of Adam I can find. So go to uh, SarahXDillon.com. We're going to do a little Insta poll here. And uh, the question is, how shall we phrase this? Let's make sure that we're phrasing this correctly. Which one's more doable? How should we? No, because it's a lot of guys. They're going to um. Who would you say is the more? Ah. Who would you say is more attractive? Is that fair enough? Is that an objective enough question that allows dudes? Uh, and uh, and chicks both to weigh in on this. So you go to SarahXDillon.com, you look at uh, pictures two and three there. Uh, pictures two and three, you'll see a guy in... Oh, creepy. And, th- and that photo with the Adam in there with me? Yeah, you like look... Like I'm smiling at those two girls. That's kind of what you look like all yeah. the time. Yeah, you look creepy in that photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll see picture two, which Girl is you'll see Adam sort of looking down with a bunch of name tags. He's got like kind of a brown and white sort of blazered shirt thing going on. And then below that, you'll see Timmy Ryan with his pointy sideburns. Uh, so the question now is... I need to grow my sideburns back. Speaking of which. The question now is, uh, who is more attractive uh, of those two people? Would you say it's Adam from the Pimp Squad, or would you say it's Timmy Ryan? Or equal. What do you think? I suppose they could say could that you are equally like... attractive. Right. Now, that's a fair point. They could actually say that as well. It's 503-733-2970. It is now Instapol time. The question is, based on these pictures at SarahXDillon.com, who is more attractive, Adam or Timmy Ryan? Let me make a, uh, we'll wait for this to get out on the delay. Let me make a little, let's see, Adam. Does the winner get a prize? I think the winner gets to load it over the rest of you. Uh, yeah, the winner gets to load it over the loser that all of Portland thinks that you are more attractive. How about the you. winner has to buy the other, the, or the loser has to buy the winner a drink? I buy him rounds all the time. So Actually, actually no. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. You seem like a penny pincher. I see Shelly going up and getting your drink. And all wait, the time. on the one hand, you're complaining that he's drunk all the time, and yet on the other hand, you are actually giving him <laughs> rounds all the time. You're a good friend, Timmy Ryan. Everybody should have a friend. I buy like Shelly rounds all the time. I think I've actually bought you at least a couple drinks at some point. I'm sure you have. I, and I appreciate have. each and every one of them. Timmy I'm Ryan. sure you do because uh-huh. you don't get enough free alcohol fed to you. All right, it's five oh three. It's 503733. Wow. Like I, actually, I actually don't. It's like so. a trough of alcohol, and you're the hog. It's. I'll give you uh, like four or five seconds to take that back before she puts out your eyes. Kidding. No, I don't need any kidding. I need it. I'm sorry. You're not a hog. <laughs> Boy, you're all class, Timmy Ryan. It was just the trauma. Don't make me say hog. the things that are on the tip of my tongue. Like what? Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's no, let's move on. Forward. It's 503-73. This is going to be like that time Dennis Pittsburgh called his wife a cow. I'll, I'm not I'm not saying Sarah's a hog. I would, that was just metaphorically speaking. Uh-huh. You should stop talking. All right. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Sarah is not fat. Okay, stop talking. Wow. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. If I have to alibi for Sarah later for something, that's fine. I will swear that she and I were at the movies together. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, go to SarahXDillon.com. The question is, who is more attractive, Adam from the Pimp Squad or Timmy Ryan? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. How's it going? What's up, sir? Well, I was going to say, uh, being the unofficial president of the Timmy Ryan fan club, I'm going to have to go with Tim on that one. All right, excellent. And, and another one is the uh, the Starbucks. Uh, I believe it's on Hogate that it's the one being shut down is on Hogate. Is that now. the one where the Cupid cone used to be? No, that's where all the hookers go. That's why it's called Hogate. Get it. Oh, I see. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, and another thing, Rick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, beat I, you to it. Yeah, I was going to say that. In your face, bag. bastard. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, who is more attractive, Adam for the Pimp Squad or Timmy Ryan? In that picture, I think I'd rather have Richie. I don't think Richie's in this picture. Oh, really? The first one. Wait, are you saying, so you, are you going with Ty? Uh, they're both repulsive. 
I need to find a better picture of Adam. What that's do you a, look like? That's a tie. What do you look like? Moving on. Richie. I mean, Thank Adam, you. whatever your name is. Hi, you're on the Rick Timmy. Emerson Show. Who do you find more attractive, Adam or Timmy? Andy Dick. <laughs> Andy is Dick a, is our phone. Well, that's a tie. This is a bad idea. So, so far, I'm winning. I, this, it's, to be fair, that is true. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, God, it's Adam. All right. It's got to be Adam. Adam doesn't have rapey eyes. <laughs> He's got really rapey eyes. Thank you. Rapey eyes. <laughs> rapey eyes. <laughs> uh, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who is more attractive, Adam from the Pimp Squad or Timmy Ryan? Oh, I was calling for the Andy Dick uh, joke also, but definitely Adam. Wow. It's, you know, it's scary that Andy Dick has suddenly become, uh, he's sort of become the gold standard for hideous. No, the reason is because Andy Dick's mug shot's right below the picture. Oh, I didn't even yeah. see that. Yeah. Oh, I thought everybody was just and going his... to the Andy Dick thing. Oh, God, that's creepy. All right. Yes? His creepy look is not as creepy as uh, Timmy Ryan's creepy look. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who is more attractive, Adam from the Pimp Squad or Timmy Ryan? Why do either one of them have a heartbeat? They're carefully both together. All right, but if you had to choose, if you had to do only one of them. That's such a tough decision. Well, life is full of uh, life full of hard choices, sir. How oh, marginally, Adam. All right, thank you. Jesus, really? There you go. Hey, can I ask you this? Marginally. Huh? Hey, what? what marginally. Let me ask you this. What feature of Timmy Ryan's do you find most attractive? Uh, he looks like a whore. <laughs> a whore with rapey eyes. He looks easy. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody would disagree with that, sir. I'm All not right. easy. Uh -huh. Very easy. It takes girls many dates to get it on with me. No, but it sounds like it would just take know. sounds like it would just take this guy about five minutes and maybe some chloroform. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who is more attractive, Adam from the Pim Squad or Timmy Ryan? Adam. All right, thank you. All right, how you feeling about that lead, Timmy? It's 503. By the way, if you want to see these photos that we are using for this, it's uh, SarahXDillon.com. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who is more attractive, Adam from the Pimp Squad or Timmy Ryan? Well, you know, having never seen either of them and just, just hearing Tim, I'm voting for Adam. That's not, that's not fair, though. That's has, totally fair. No, because you have, to, you have to visually see what we look like. Yeah, well, well, well no, no, no. I you, mean, are I can, you on I the website? I can hear what you look like. You can hear. Based on, <laughs> let me ask you this, based on hearing Timmy Ryan, what would you describe him as looking like in your mind's eye, sir? <laughs> sort of like, um, oh, God, now I can't think of that guy's name. Um, uh, it's not coming to me, sorry. I'm out. All right, thank you. All right, we'll make that a tie. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, who would you find more attractive, uh, Timmy Ryan or Adam from the Pimp Squad? I'll go for a tie. All right. But I was, can I say something about Batman Begins? Yes, sir. Does it look like to you, like I was watching it for the 10th time yesterday, and it looks like Christian Bale was trying too hard to hold back his accent. Well, yeah, because he's he is from uh, South Africa and now lives in Wales, and obviously is supposed to sound like he's from Chicago. Uh, so, and, and plus, he's... Kind of like Clint Eastwood. Well, because he's also, do, right, you got to figure, right. he's covering up an accent, and then also you got to figure, as Bruce Wayne, he doesn't want anybody to hear his real voice, because he's the Batman, so he's got to do that thing where he clenches it through his teeth, which I do have to admit grates on me a little bit. Okay, yeah, that was, that was the annoying yeah, was thing for me. my whole... Yeah. I'm going to get you, punk. Yeah, no, I, I do have to say that his, his growling, his sort of barking everything through these teeth sort of does, it does bug me. It's not a deal breaker, but I mean, it does irritate. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. We'll do uh, one more bank of calls here. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Instapol. Who do you find more attractive, Adam from the Pimp Squad or Timmy Ryan? It's hard to say, but the guy, uh, Andy Dick, looks like Scorpio Killer on uh, from Dirty Harry. Andy Robinson. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'd have to go with uh, Adam. Sorry. All right. Thank you. All right. 
Ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, who do you find more attractive, Timmy Ryan or Adam from the Pimp Squad? Well, there's nothing scarier than um, Timmy's voice, but mm -hmm. once you see his face, um, yeah, you got to go with Adam. All right. Thank you. All right. Two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who do you find more attractive, Adam from the Pimp Squad or Timmy Ryan? Uh, Timmy Ryan. I'd make him see God. Okay, then. Thank you. Two. One more. <laughs> <laughs> Way to see the upside. Two real solid votes, too. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Final vote. Uh, who do you All find right, more attractive? Adam, and a couple callers ago, he couldn't find uh, what uh, Timmy Ryan looks like. All I can think every time I see a picture of that guy is the old, took, uh, the old cover of the Inquirer with the little Bat Boy. <laughs> Bat Boy gets job on radio show. That's, yeah, exactly. All right, thank Later. you. Bye now. All right, there you go. Well, this is awkward. Do you want to know the actual numbers? or I can see them. Yeah. <laughs> was it like 7 to 2? And then, But there was four were tied. 7, so I think 8, the four 9, be, I think 13. the four that were tied should go to me, though. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? No. I think so. They were just being nice to me. Yeah. Well, you have your health. Yeah, like 65% of the vote went to Adam. Okay, hold on here. And I'm not trying to you know put myself on a little soapbox here, but in the last year... I mean, I, I've I've had I've had the intercourse with lots of hot women. <laughs> the, the Adam has had zero. Adam has got no action in the last you year. Had... No, that actually makes him even more attractive than Why? you now because you're out letting it up, sticking your thing and whatever. Oh, hold on, hold true. on. You've had the intercourse. <laughs> yes. All right. Doesn't that make it seem like he hasn't had the intercourse by him, by of him calling it the intercourse? I have had biblical relations so with many, like, many, many, many women. Why can I get laid and Adam can't? If he's so much be if, if he's so much better looking, you know, maybe Adam and just doesn't come on the bad looking either. Maybe Adam just doesn't come on the radio and feel the need to talk about every girl he's drilled in a closet somewhere. Because he hasn't had any. Because he has, he's had none. How would you know that? Because he's told me. Like he sits on a bar stool and just gets mopefully drunk. Every you day. know the result of this. Even if this were true, and I'm not saying that it is, because I don't purport to know the you personal life. You sound like life. a jealous girl, dude. No, I'm, you sound I'm like not a little jealous, jealous girl. I don't care less. But let's just say. But let's just say for the moment. I mean, even if this were true, and again, I'm not purporting to know whether it's true or not. Do you realize that the upshot of this is just like every girl within the sound uh, of my voice is just going to go bonk Adam. You know that's the. I and hope then, they do. I, I hope Adam. I, I've been pushing for him. I've been trying to hook him up. I'm just saying. I've All been right. trying to hook the guy up. Adam is, you know what? I I saw Adam out um, and about like last week, and he ended up hanging out with me and some of my friends. And I really don't think that he has a problem with the ladies. They all really liked him, and he was, yeah. I I think that he does well for himself. Maybe he just doesn't want to tell you. Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, you know, he was taking pictures of Rich yesterday in a thong. So you know, maybe we discovered. Something. Maybe he just has a lust for life. Maybe he has a lust for Richie in a thong. <laughs> Back after this, kids. It's the Rick Everson Show. Don't go anywhere. Bye. Hello. Hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Coming up later on, we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent James Roop in Los Angeles. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Here? Oh, by the way, just a brief little thing here. About virginities in a honey bucket. Rick. Catching up on the podcast, uh, listening to Monday's show, I heard you mention some guy whose ex lost her virginity in a porta potty in Lincoln City. I think I dated her. I have an ex that said she lost her virginity in a porta potty in Seaside. 
All class. She was from St. Helens, then moved up to life in Scapoose. Uh, by the way, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, anyway, so something about the Dark Knight. So, uh, in any event, so there you go. Uh, well, either that, there's a staggering number of girls who decide to get it on in a portable toilet for the first who time. Who hasn't got it on in a porta potty? Uh, me, Sarah? Me? Richie, have you gotten it on in a porta potty? Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but it depends. Okay, is it a. New porta potty, or is it like at the end of the day at Warp Tour? Oh, you're talking like a state fair porta potty in the middle of August? It's not like a rock fest porta potty. Is, is it like early morning, mid afternoon, or later afternoon? Are you talking about personal experience? Yes. Really? For you or me? No, for you. I already said oh, I did. Oh, no, didn't. no. I've never gotten on in a porta potty. I, you were just implying that you had. Well, I was kind of being funny about it. I, I was see. just being sarcastic. Who hasn't got oh, it on a porta potty? I won't do it in a porta potty. <laughs> You do have standards, Timmy Ryan. I we, do, actually. We judged you too harshly. You did. Uh, well, let's do a couple of these, and then uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Ricky. Sorry, hey, Timmy. Hey. Uh, I just got up the dark night, and it was absolutely amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, yes. So, wait, so you just so you saw, what, like a 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock showing, something like that? It was a 10 o'clock. So did you take the day off from work? Uh, no, I worked uh, at Graveyard this morning. Excellent. Now, was it? Uh, were they showing it, like, around the clock? Uh, the theater I went to, they showed, uh, like, a few 12 o'clock screenings. But I know the one in Bridgeport, they were actually showing all 18 screens were showing uh, Dark Knight at 12, 3, and 6, I think. Yeah, wow. and I, when we left last night at the Regal in uh, Tigard, I know that they had added a 3 o'clock, uh, actually a couple 3 o'clock, and I know they added a 6 a.m. too. So A 3 a.m.? A 3 a.m. and a 6 a.m. Wow. Uh, and so, the, I mean, yeah, just a lot of them are just going around the clock. I know in Manhattan they were doing it around the clock starting Wednesday, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's unreal. I mean, and, and I will say this, the other thing is that I, I find the character of Bruce Wayne a lot more interesting than I find the character of Batman in some ways, because Batman is, Batman's kind of, I mean, I like the whole theory and the idea of Batman, but as far as watching him on the screen, Batman to me is sort of less interesting because he's, there's no struggle. He's just a guy in a suit fighting evil, whatever. Bruce Wayne is sort of more interesting because he's layered. He's a man who has a secret and he's trying to hide something, whatever. But how great were all the other characters? I mean, you know, like Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Dent and, of course, you know, the Joker and it's just whatever. I mean, it's all of the ancillary characters is fascinating. I really liked uh, Commissioner Garden in this movie. He's, uh, you know, he really, um, Gary Oldman did a fantastic job, and it's it's so easy to just let it become the Joker show uh, in that movie, I think, for a lot of obvious reasons, but everybody, everybody kind of showed up to play in that film. There's just nobody phoning it in. Um, there were... There were a few times where I actually uh, teared up just a little bit. It's uh, it's a it's a, a pretty gripping movie in in almost every way. The the biggest testament that I can give to the action or to the actors and the writing in The Dark Knight is this that. Every time they would go to an action sequence, and a lot of the action sequences in that movie were really, really exceptional. Every time they go to an action sequence, I kind of just kept waiting for them to get back to the characters again, which is sort of my thing with Batman Begins. Is they, you know, they go to a car chase or they go to the bat pod chase or whatever, which is all great and it's filmed wonderfully. But I kept wanting them to get back to just like the Joker and Commissioner Gordon in a room together or something like that. You just kept waiting for them to get back to the characters because they were so well done, so uh, vividly drawn, so well acted. So anyway, well, I'm glad you liked it, sir. I loved it. All right, best show, best show ever. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Uh, here's, uh... So I kind of wanted to, well, do we have to do news? 
No, we don't, have to, we don't have to do anything. Tim, That's true. It's Tim's Friday. gone. The news department is on vacation yeah, today. Half the people we know aren't even working today. And we make our own rules. So I was kind of curious because I hear about this happening with a lot of people, including my friends, and they have it happen to them. So Timmy was talking about how him and his lady friend, Shelly, how they were getting into fights because she had broken into his MySpace account. Please to be extent. She what? I guess she, she got into his MySpace She account. hacked my MySpace. She hacked your MySpace. Somehow, yeah. So what happened? Well, and by hacked, do you mean that you just, like, left your password checked and she just hit enter? You're making it sound like she's Matthew Broderick, like, triggering a NORAD exa- first strike. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. She's some sort of super criminal. I, uh, I don't know how this happened. Well, she's been very suspicious of me. That's hard to believe. Uh, because, you know, I, I've, I've had to go out of town and do What do you some... mean she hacked into your MySpace? Well, you don't that... go out of town. What does that mean? I have, yeah, I have. I've that's, that's true. He has gone, he's gone to Sweet Home every now and again. Okay. From the point to play in a jug band or something? No, no, to do a little business with the, uh, the good people at the Organ Jamboree. By business, do you mean selling drugs? No. Okay. I'm no. Just Are you a drug dealer to me, Ryan? Are you a vegan drug dealer? No. Are you a vegan donut-eating drug dealer? Never. Some, some people say Timmy Ryan is a drug dealer. Never touch drugs, never will. Um, alcohol. No, so you, you went there, it's like a music thing? Well, no, I mean, you know, the the, the, the Oregon Jamboree is uh, the sing first, second, and third down there in Sweden, and it's all, all these right. country stars, and I have some uh, wheelings and dealings with them. Okay. Well, in any event, so what do you mean she hacked into your MySpace account? I don't understand what that means. Yeah, and how did okay. you know? Well, because she told me. She told me about it. Well, so what the, happened? All right, so here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll explain this from top to bottom. I, I know this girl... Uh, and her and I are friends, and Liz- she, she lives up in uh, the Seattle area. I know this girl. That's always the, that's always the good, start to a great story. No, no, and, and or her, to a Flaming Lips song. Her and I, we have a lot in common. I mean, she's kind of, she's from the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast, kind of a similar background. We both you know. like soup. <laughs> um, the color red. Whatever. Uh, whatever. So anyway, her and I just have like similar experiences, uh, and she was kind of going through some tough stuff with her uh her relationship. You were helping her out. She was going through a hard time. So her, were her and her boyfriend kind of on the outs, and you were just kind of a shoulder well, to no, cry I on? Well, no, I mean, kind of. I mean, her and I were going back and forth because, you know, I, I was explaining to her, you know, my situation, you know, Shelly, and she was explaining to me, you know, uh, her, her situation. Wait, let me understand so, this. Hold on, hold on, man. So, so there's some girl, and keep in mind, I don't really know anything about anything, but there's some girl in Seattle yeah. to whom you are sharing problems with your, uh, you're sharing problems right. with her about your current girlfriend. Correct. Yeah, it's hard to believe this could go wrong somehow. We're going back and forth about it. And uh, so, how are you? Are you checking on the phone, or are you uh, like myspacing back and hey, forth? We're just myspacing back and forth. So, mm-hmm. did you discuss her like maybe visiting you here? No. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, that's exactly what they did then. That's not. That's not what happened. You go ahead. It's not what's not what happened whatsoever. Anyway, so uh, you know, Shelly, she was getting all suspicious because I'd be going out of town and I had. Have people call me all the time, and she she thinks that I was like cheating around with her. Wait, well, oh, she's just your quality. I'm girlfriend, so I'm right? so unclear about this. So so hold on. So she she was getting really really suspicious, and I at some point I she got into my MySpace and she saw these messages that were, me and this girl were kind of going back and forth. And you know one night I was this girl emailed me and I was kind of drunk and she, you know Shelly and I just got in a fight, so I was just kind of like typing away. Here's what's going on with us, you know, and I. I think I alluded to the fact that something like, I don't know where things are going. Shelly might be getting too much, too attached. I don't know if we should keep this going. Whatever, you know, of course, when you've been drinking and you got in a fight, you know, you know, the feelings are just magnified. So anyway, Shelly found this, and she was acting really weird for a few days. 
And then she, and she's about to go to work. She's like, I don't know. Maybe you're getting too attached to me. Maybe you should just dump me. I'm out of here. Maybe going, you should just hook oh, up with a girl no. in Seattle. Maybe we should have not, right. no communication at all and just be passive aggressive. And- <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I guess she, I guess she went down, Shelly went down and she kind of scrolled the inbox, the outbox, the trash. And I mean, there was really nothing there to convict me of anything, but she kind of like got suspicious that something else was going on, which is totally not true. So, uh, so she thought that I was screwing around with this girl. Basically. And when I found out, when I found out that she was, you know, going through my stuff, I got pissed and I kind of blew up. There you go. So does she go through your phone, too? I don't, not that I know of. Uh, See, so I I guess, so back to the, I don't even know where to begin. Sarah, I, you'll have to. I guess, I don't know. I mean, do you feel, what, what's the, what is your relationship? Are you guys still like quasi? Girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, or are you, like, in a yeah, serious well, relationship? And how does it – it just seems kind of like there's a lack of trust. I, no, crap. no, here's the thing. I'll be the first one to tell you this. I am god-awful when it comes to relationships. I am horrible with them. Um, I, I either mess it up or I get bored or uh, I just start screwing around. And the, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's hard for me to stay monogamous. I'll come out and say it. It's hard for me just to stay with one person, and thus far, I've been fairly good about it. So, so now, have you had this discussion with her? Yes. All right. And, and so, and so, what was her reaction when you told her this? Well, I don't know. She just, she, she, her gut feeling says that I'm screwing around on her. And so, wait. And so, she hacked into your. And when you say, I would, I want to go back to this hacking. So hacked, I mean, do you guys share a computer? Which no. Had to get Did you your, just like no. leave yourself logged in? Yeah, but I, I I left myself if if that is if that's what happened I left myself logged in on my laptop. Okay, and so did she tell you that she was going through, or did you deduce it? I do you even know that she did this. Oh or no, she told me. No, she, she told me. That's always good. Hey, by the way, while you're gone, I was rifling through your all your uh, all your stuff, just so you know. Yeah. And so, what was your reaction to that? Um. Well, I think I'm. I oh, when she told me, God, where was it? Where where was it? Hold on here. Let me let me think about this. Was it in a public place? <laughs> was it was it in a coffee shop surrounded by strangers so you couldn't been, make a scene? Uh, I think it might have been the bar where uh, Sarah and I see each other, you know, quite frequently. I think and it was so there. had you both had a few, and then you were my, fighting, and then she said, "Well, why don't you just go talk to that slut in Seattle?" Yeah, pretty much. See, but, but I guess my question is, again, keep in mind, Rick Emerson is. It just seems like such a violation. No relationship guru. I'm just saying, if you're uh, like, oh, she apologized. But I mean, and she said she's never that girl. She said she couldn't believe she did that because she always used to make fun of girls who did that. Well, I just—it seems to me it's like you know, it's like you did the, the whatever you see the like the what is that show where it's like they hire the private detective mm. to like oh to cheaters track the whatever down. It's like really, if you're at the point where you're hiring a private detective uh, to follow somebody around, maybe maybe it's just time to move. And everyone's gone through that. I mean, I've been that girl before. Have you ever gone through uh, your ex guys' emails? Not his email, but I've looked at his phone. This was like a few years ago when I was in a very different place and very. Have you, ever, have you ever caught somebody point blank cheating on you? No, but I've I've caught I've I've read some inappropriate things where like yeah where I did that same thing where I'm like oh really why don't you call Cindy? You but know? I mean if it's but if it's important and that was, like, and it was just not a good and that was kind of the thing that led up to the fact that I realized it wasn't a good relationship for me because if I'm not trusting this person when I'm asking well that's what I'm saying that's that's what I always think when you like you hear those like are you trying to if you would like us to find out exactly what your spouse is doing when you're not around retain our services and blah 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 see at this point and I, it's I like when you find yourself picking up the, well well that there's that mm-hmm. and then also when you find yourself picking up the phone. To retain the services of somebody to like gumshoe your wife around to see what she's doing, like at that point, really, what? Are you, wh- wh- why are you there? What? Like, what is the point? Like, why would you? 
You know, just bag it. Just bag it and find an apartment somewhere. I mean, it seems like that's the... Uh, that's well, I mean, I, I have my own residence. I hang out with her a lot. But no, I no, I'm not. But I'm saying, I guess I'm not saying you specifically. I will never ever move in with a girl ever. No, no, again. no. But I'm saying in a. Because... Were you just thinking about it last time you were here? <laughs> Didn't you? The last time you were on the show, which is less than two weeks ago, you were talking about moving in with. No, her. no. I'm I'm not going to be moving in with anybody. All right. Because I, uh, the, the because three times it, I moved in with girls, my stuff was actually left just, in the hallway. I was just going to say, because this yeah. ends with all your things on the lawn. Yeah, and I'm like, here you go, yeah. ass. Yeah. It's either in the hallway or the lawn. I knew somebody who got all their stuff back. To, back it was on his porch with <laughs> covered in spaghetti sauce. Really? And bleach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my point is, like, if you're, if you are... At that, and I always go to the, the private detective thing just because that's, like, to me, that's, like, the, the biggest line in the sand... Like, if you get to the point where you're hiring somebody to sort of, like, find out what, whatever, then, like, why are you investing your time in that? Like, why, you know, life is short. Move on. Well, I, her and I have kind of healed things up, I think. You know, I mean, it, it's not the worst situation in the world. Let's put it that way. No. I mean, she's, she's fairly good to me. Wait, hold on. Let's uh... She's fairly hello? good to you. Uh, hello, Kristen Bowie. Hi. Hi, Kristen Bowie. Kristen, Boy. you're forbidden to talk. What are you calling to share with us? You're not forbidden to talk. What are you calling to share with us? <laughs> oh, I was there when Shelly informed him of this. Just out of the blue, we were talking at a bar, and she goes, Oh, yeah, by the way, I saw your text messages to this girl, and Damn. that's why I'm mad. And then he storms out, and she storms out, and they both leave a full beer on the table, and Adam and I are sitting there going, okay? You know, the key is to always drink really heavily before having these discussions as well. Whatever you do to me, don't have these discussions sober. But it wasn't even part of our conversation. That was the funny part. Like, she just brought it up out of the blue, and then... All hilarity ensues. Because I think a lot of times in relationships, isn't it hilarity? Isn't it hilarity and punching? It, it, don't you think like in relationships, that's one of those things where it just like it gets held, it gets held in the back pocket. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Until it's a really good time to bring it up, and the punching actually happened before that. So punching? What punching? punching. Yeah, they were they were hitting each other and punching each other, and was, I, I think was I this think... sexy punching? No, I think Shelly bit him. <laughs> What kind of a relationship are you in? I don't remember. She bit me, really? I, I, I think I remember you how, yelling at her for biting you. So I was it, drunk just, it just blurted, so she, they were just sitting there, and were they kind of drunk, and then she was just like, by the way, it's not your text messages. Yeah. My face messages. It well, wasn't that's... even, by the way, she goes, oh, you... I've been mad because of this. But, well, that's but again, that's one of those things that you just sort of keep in your pocket. That, well, I'm not the one that's had five abortions, you know. And it's just like yeah. you just sort of like you just sort of bring it up out of nowhere, and, and it's okay, fine. And, you but, know, and the six beers beforehand didn't quite help either. Wait, but let's. I, I'm unclear about this. So, who bit who, and then when did the whom? punching happen? Sorry, whom? And uh, when they did, started, they started play fighting in the booth that we were at, and did the play fighting? In, be, did the, they play fight before the revelation that she had seen what? Yes, yes. And then the punching started, and then she bit him, and he got upset, and then that calmed down, and then she brought up the whole incident, and I, then they left. I don't understand the biting. How does that even happen? When is the last time anybody here on KCMD Portland has been in a relationship where you bit somebody? I mean, I mean after, I, I after have a kindergarten. Brother, but that's it. I was just going to say, when is the last time you would like after you stopped eating paste uh, as a hobby <laughs> that you bit somebody? Where did she bite you? Rick, I'm, have you eaten a lot of paste? Is that what you're trying not, to call not it? Not really. I think Rick's a paste eater. No, but I sat, <laughs> I sat next to this guy named Chris who ate paste, and to me, that's like the benchmark of. Paste uh, smelled so good, though. It seemed, but it didn't. It just smells. It like, always it creeps like, me out. It, oh, it completely like creeps me out. It's frosting to me. It's, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You know what's sm- much more interesting. You know what smells good is Play-Doh. 
Smell Play-Doh. Sm- I never ate it, but Play-Doh smells really good. Doesn't Play-Doh? Yeah, it smells like salt. And see, it smells to me I like a like thing Play-Doh. that ought to taste good, but you like paste. No, I didn't eat paste. I said I like the smell of it. You uh, know, there was, I was flanked on one side by a kid, named, a kid named Chris who ate paste, and I was flanked on the other side by a kid named Rob who peed his pants into the third grade. Ew, so. Justin, who's that next? You were in the camp. most awesome class ever, Rick. Seriously, we'd and that was, own, was in a private school too. We'd make our own play-doh with peanut butter and flour. Uh huh. So that way you could eat it. So we'd make like peanut butter and flour play-doh. So I um, burnt play-doh once in home ec. Where on your? What is happening there? <laughs> I'm I'm in front of the coin center. All so. right. Uh, what? Uh, where on your body did your girlfriend bite you, Jimmy? I don't. Where did she bite me? I don't even remember that. I mean, I'm not doubting that do, it happened. I, I think you were like trying to restrain her from punching you back after you hit her, and she you bit your arm. Lady first. Timmy Ryan no, hit a no, woman. No, no, they were hitting each other. It was pretty equal. <laughs> and is this? I, I'm not. I'm not going to say that he was doing it. To provoke anything. They were both equally hitting each other. Is this open hand hitting or closed fist hitting? Um, I think they were both closed fist hitting. You know, that is uh, that is one of the questions I think they ask you when you go to uh, anger management, Timmy Ryan, is have you ever hit someone with a closed fist? Have you been to anger management? Uh, No, no. To be fair, I actually have not. But I do believe that's one of the things. Isn't that one of the things they ask you? Mm-hmm. Like I've heard that, like open or closed. Yeah. So, I mean, well, look, I didn't... I, I, I've not. I have been in situation. The co- the cops came to my house one time when I was a kid, and they asked my mom a bunch of stuff about my dad. And one of the questions the cops always asked my mom was, "Did it was it a closed fist or an open fist?" Because I uh, because I think I don't think it's a legal difference, but I think in terms, at least when I was a kid, in terms of whether they were going to haul somebody in for being, you know, like a like a like a wife batterer, An abusive bastard. The, the question was, it, was it like slapping or was it closed fist? So I do remember that question being asked by the cops rather pointedly. Uh, of my mom when I was growing up. Oh. So so the question to you, I, just, I didn't want to be a big buzzkill, but I'm saying that's, but I also want to make it clear that it wasn't because, like, I was in, like, domestic violence classes. It, it but, completely started in jest between those two. Well, it always so, starts. Those things do. It always starts in jest, and then Mr. Hand becomes Mr. Mr. Fist. So. Well, and Miss Mouth becomes Miss Bite, so. Yeah. I don't remember her biting me. I must have been really drunk. So, okay, so since he doesn't really remember, Kristen, what exactly was the specific dialogue? Was she talking about text messages or about the MySpace messages or both? She was specifically talking about text messages, and he goes, wait, you've gone through my stuff. And she goes, yeah, why do you think I've been so mad? And then Tim left. But this is he was all, gone. It's all kinds of healthy, Timmy. Well, I feel I... sorry for you, Kristen. And why were you, I mean, it's none of my business, but I mean, why were you even there? I mean... Not that you don't have a right to be there, but I'm saying it seems like there are several billion places that you could have been that night that were more fun. I know why she was there. We, she was talking we were about trying... her project. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. All right. We were talking we about something. Him, right? All right. Okay, so, uh, well, sounds like a good night for you, Kristen. Yes, it was quite exciting. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, so you got this 30-pound sword uh, that How listeners see. How rad is for that? It's pretty... That is the best thing ever. Is it a replica of the sword you use in World of Warcraft? Yes, and it also, to me, it looks a lot like the one that Cloud uses in Final Fantasy VII, too. And only your audience, Rick. Seriously, only yours. It's yeah, awesome. It, it's amazing. At some point, you got, you have to take a picture of it and post it so people can see it. I definitely will as soon as I get back to the studio tonight to pick it up. Uh, and also, we don't have time to talk about this right now. We'll do it later. But uh, very briefly, if you will, describe the encounter you had with the spider this morning. Oh, my God. Okay, so I started going down the stairs by, in the lobby to go down to the studio area. Right. 
and I stop and I see this large bug and I realize it's a freaking spider and it's about the size of a 50 cent piece has red legs and fangs. And fangs. Yeah. It took me about five times of trying to position my camera phone and get my arm to quit shaking enough to get a good picture of it. And I still didn't get that great of a picture. And so here's the thing. You have, you sent me a, uh, you sent me a picture of the spider, yeah. but I haven't opened it yet because I find spiders to be terrifying. I, I'm right there with you. Right, I, so. I can't even get near them. So I'm going to open it now on the air. I've got it right here. Uh, as soon as I can get my, uh, let's see. As soon as I and can the get size of it, you got to remember, I was standing about three or four feet away from it. So you'd say that this spider was roughly the size of a 50-cent piece? Yes. All right. I've so... never seen one that large in Oregon, ever. All right. So I, now did you, did you just snap the photo and run away? I mean, you didn't get rid of it, did you? I can't touch spiders. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 you say here in the email, spiders are nature's way of, uh, or nature's way of telling you it hates you. Yes. All right. Um, all right. There's two things that can make me cry like a baby: needles and spiders. Yeah. All I uh, and so a spider with fangs really is like a that's a that's a nightmare scenario. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Um, okay. My my email's going incredibly slowly, so it doesn't want to open. So that's all I can awesome. all I can see right now is the thumbnail of it. Uh, but I'll open it here in a while. We'll get it. I'll put I'll put it up on my on my uh, website. Okay. Good deal. All right. Thank you, Kristen Bowie. All right. All right there you go. That's Kristen Bowie, ladies and gentlemen. My, what a what a busy show it's been. Today. I know. Well, I'm curious. What was the resolution? I'm suspecting the resolution is that somebody got into a car and drove off and left the other person behind that. No, night. no, she was close. Uh, I was at her pad that night. It was close enough where I just stumbled home and got really mad. Wait, you went home to her place or to your place? Uh, her place, because I was kind of drunk at that Co-dependent. point. Codependent. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's that's always the thing to do. I'm so angry, I'm going to meet you back at your house. You pay rent for that. <laughs> so when you've had a long evening of punching each other and biting, the best thing to do is to go back to her house while you're already lit. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. No, that's You've fantastic. all done it. Well, that's also true. Uh, well, okay, then. Do you feel better? Kind of. Yeah, all right. Well, did you have the talk that she's that you guys need to respect each other's space? No, I just told her that was a bunch of BS. She went through my stuff. All right, I'm looking at this picture of the spider. It's uh, it's 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 hard to be that terrified of it because it's a little blurry. But I can see that this spider is huge, is red, and in fact does have fangs. So, all right, yeah, that's unnerving. Let's see, what are we uh, what are we doing here? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello, Rick. What's up? Hey, this is uh, this is Matt Houston. I have a little comment I'd like to make. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, I am Sarah Dillon's number one fan. I think she's the greatest radio producer in the history of Portland, Oregon. Is this leading up to a, but she smells. No, no, she's, and she's beautiful, too. Okay, all right. No, no, no so, so um, but, but sometimes we all make mistakes, and I believe that giving Tim Ryan as much time, and, and, <laughs> and nothing against Tim Ryan because... I mean, those double no, of course 70 not. second things that he does are cute and everything. Yes. But giving him as much time as he has on your show, I mean, I love the show. It, it, it's my salvation. But to, to, listening to Tim Ryan is like listening to, to nails on a chalkboard. Is it like we, listening to acid as it's being poured into your ears, eating away into your brain? It's No, that would actually be a lot nicer. But um, w- could we switch it over? And so Richie Bristol reads the news. And that Scott and that Scotty J. I mean Timmy Ryan. Timmy Ryan is the sc- the screener for today. It would really make my life just much much better. Uh, well, I will say this: a no, but b, uh, I think you will get your wish at least in part because so Tim Riley is back on Monday, but 
let's see, the, after, so the week after next, so a week from Monday, Richie Bristol's actually going to be going out of town. So Richie's going to be gone for a week. He's going to be going to Vegas. And so that week, uh, the call screening duties will be split up among, wait for it, Adam from the Pimp Squad Woo. and the much less attractive Timmy Ryan, uh, who will be uh, handling the call screening duties the other days that week. Okay. So you will get to hear him screening calls. Uh, you so know. is Adam going to do some news as well? I think I might have Adam, who is stunningly attractive, it's come into the studio and read a little bit of news for us. About it. I like because anybody would be better than than Tim Ryan. In fact, hell, I'll come in and read the news. Well, that's also not going to happen. But but thank you for your observation. I remember my sir. first beer too, sir. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Jimmy, is someone's ego getting a little bruised? Bitterness. All right, that's the it's fake. No more, no more O'Doul's for that guy. That is the faux, disinterested yawn of a man uh, who is trying to hold back the hate. It's not Adam's fault that he's more genetically blessed than you are. It really, it's true. And he has a good head of hair. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Well, hey, Rick. I'm, I'm the guy who called earlier. I couldn't think of who it was that um, Timmy Ryan's voice reminded me of. Yes, sir. Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, say something. I, I'm Gilbert Godfrey. I didn't. All right. Trying and it's not working, but when he's not trying, it works. So. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, hey, by by the way, Richie, I'm looking at the screen. Probably not. The answer to that is probably no. All right. Okay. Thank you. What's the screen say? Uh, don't worry about it. It's a thing. It's a thing that somebody had. Uh, don't worry about it. It's a thing Richie. It's a thing Richie had asked me about, and we're just we're not going to do it. So okay. he, Richie had asked me if there was something we were going to do on the program today, and it's a bit that it's not going to. Him getting naked? No, that probably will happen. Sadly, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. This me. Hello. Yes, it's you, sir. All right. I, you know, I I was I was really frustrated like that last uh, couple guys back with. Uh, Timmy on the show and the you know voice like nails on a, on a chalkboard, but uh, after going through all this, it'd be great if you guys could get Shelly on the phone. I really like to find out more about. Tim is, Timmy is shaking girl. his head vigorously Which at means, that idea. Yes, we will do that. He is <laughs> no. Yeah, he is he I mean, is angrily shaking his head no, back and forth. Who who is this girl that? I have to say that every time I've met her, which admittedly uh, has been uh, only a few times, not she's super rad. not for very long, and she's not drunk when I've met her. Uh, she seems really great and normal and successful and stable and everything. I'm not. I mean, that is the thing. And I was going to say not at all like a girl who would date Timmy Ryan, but I mean, sadly, exactly like a girl who would date Timmy Ryan, because every sort of irresponsible uh, a-hole radio guy, without exception ends up with some stable, normal, successful, like, nurturing woman. That's just the way of the world. That is how it goes. Is that your story, Rick? So, yes. Yes, it is. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. Is this Jim Roop? I'm looking at the, uh... Boy, I'm, I'm hitting my caffeine wall, too. I really need an additional viso. All right. Uh, so if you are on hold, uh, hang tight for just a moment. Let's welcome now to the Rick Show from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. What's up, brother? I'm sad. Why are you sad? Looks like the Britney Spears-Kevin Federline saga, at least custody-wise, has come to an end. You sound like you're... Are you, are you, are you like, cleaning out a drawer or something right now? No. All right. Sounds like you are... I'm tossing a, a roll of tape, you know, gaffer's tape. Are you uh, into... I, I, I don't really know what your office looks like. I can only really... Here's the thing. I have in my mind's eye you sort of looking uh, like a 1940s gumshoe in a sort of an empty office with a metal desk, leaning back, feet up on the desk, bottle of bourbon in one hand, phone in the other, fedora on your head, looking out some blinds into the sun-bleached, yes, uh, you, you know... You are pretty close. Okay, I'm just saying. And that... You are pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I, and... 
It's like you can see right through the computer. <laughs> and <laughs> that's amazing. And well, I was going to say, and also because when you talk, I think I've worked in radio long enough. When you talk, I can hear the sort of the very distinctive echo of a big empty office uh, with a metal desk. Is there is? I don't know what it is. There's a very <laughs> There is a very distinct and there's a unique uh, sort of timbre that comes through the phone from an office like that. Now, and let me say something now. Yes. I, I have been offered by the network lots of new things, and I don't want them because I like the atmosphere in which I am working. Yes. It is the classic way to do this job. <laughs> if, I, if I had some plush surroundings like everybody else, I'd be soft. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, that's the. Can I just tell you this? Here's a, let me tell you a little story about a man named Rick. Uh, so when we were working uh, for a company called Entercom a few years ago, and we were on a different radio station uh, before one of our many firings, and they built for us uh, a really, really plush three-part studio. Uh, and there was a, a room for me, and there was a room for Sarah, and then Tim had his own room. And you know how it is in a radio station, sort of like a triangle. Like all the rooms were, could sort of see each other, but it was three separate rooms. Really, in many ways, I would say this in terms of the dollar value, uh, and in terms of like to the to the outside observer, to to the to the to the disinterested third party, they would probably say that's the nicest studio we've ever had. But I will say that it was actually so plush, and there was we all had so much room and so much space, and there was so much privacy that the show just sucked. Uh, because it was just, I know you just lost the spark somehow. There was just and, no and you magic. Can't talk to each other in commercials other, without having to open a door. That's what I'm saying. And so uh, then when we came back over to CBS, uh, you've seen the studio that we're in now, which is, you know, we're all in one big room, which is great. When we first came to CBS, it was actually even smaller than that. When we first came to CBS, because they hired us sort of ad hoc, and they didn't have time to build a studio, they just hired us and they wanted us on the air like right away, but they didn't have time to build a studio for us. And we were all in one room that was. I mean, no lie, it was like maybe 12 by 5, maybe, maybe. I mean, it was minuscule. Um, and, you know, there's a, certain, there's a certain bit of magic there. There's a certain pizzazz that comes from such an environment. Well, I like it. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's, uh, it's dusty, it's old, it's, you know, it's real crappy. It, next time you come out here, you've got to see it. There, it just it, you, you, when I you know when I hear you I just picture like you know you're sitting there pouring yourself a glass of breakfast waiting for the next case so um, so close hey so uh, we were just lamenting the other day that Britney Spears had ceased to become interesting and was never going to do anything newsworthy ever again but behold so she has actually just once and for all said like screw it take the kids well I wouldn't call it that no because she still retains visitation rights and and right now it's like two three days a week plus an overnight so and, and and with this deal, and only because she's still under conservatorship by her dad, she can't. The judge won't give her custody, right. even if everything was hunky dory. They have to wait until she completes whatever psychiatric crap she's going through. Everybody's fine, and then those visitations will increase. So what's going to wind up happening here is there will be some sort of a fifty-fifty custody arrangement of some kind, regardless of who is on the paper as being sole custody. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, whatever, however Federline's camp is spinning it, it's not that accurate. It really is more of a of a mutual agreement. And, and the talking with both parties, when I was down there today, uh, Laura Wasser, who's uh, Spears' attorney, and, and, and Mark Kaplan, who's Federline's attorney, when you confront Kaplan about, you know, so what about this? What about this? You know, he kind of backpedals uh, a little bit. And I think it's just more of a mutual agreement. I think they just decided, you know, Brittany's walking this pretty good path right now. She's probably coming to a little bit of sense and says, why are we doing this? 
why don't we let's 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 quit this now. Let me get through my this conservatorship. The hearing is at the end of this month, and then let's see what happens after that. And I think that's really what's happening. I think that's what the settlement is. I mean, KFED gets like twenty grand a month extra for the kids now, but uh, I think really it's just her saying, you know, this is working out pretty good, and I'm still going to get like fifty percent. Uh, visitation or 50% custody. Boy, Kevin Federline, he is just a guy, as Ringo Starr once said about being asked to join the Beatles, uh, Kevin Federline is just a guy who really won the pools. Oh, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. That is a, that is a guy, he's just, he's just uh, one big flesh-colored uh, lottery ticket. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, well, what can it do? All right, and you know, the thing about it, Brittany is, I don't know if, if it's just that she's sober or if they've got her on medication or they're both or whatever. You get the feeling, though, that it's like, it's like waking up after some long bender that you've been on at a party, and it goes, Hey, do you remember that thing when you whizzed into the entertainment center? <laughs> Except for Britney Spears, it's like three and a half years. Hey, remember that thing when you shaved your pubes? You know, and it's just like, no, no, I don't remember that, y'all. You know, and it's, you get the feeling that it's like one big-ass, long, embarrassing home movie that somebody is showing her, and she's going, I don't remember any of that. Why aren't I wearing any panties? You know, and you're just like, and, and she's, she's probably looking at, she's probably looking at some of the photos, going, "You guys photoshopped that." Yeah, seriously. There's no way. Why didn't nobody tell me that I was showing my vagina? And it's like, well, I don't know, Brittany. It was, uh, it was a long night. I, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I don't ever want to show my vagina. Why did I do that? I, I don't know, honey. I, uh, you, you, it seemed like a good idea at the time. All right. Well, anywho. <laughs> What a strange world we live in. I love it, man. I, I really do. My friend, like one big one big real-life Borat happening all the time. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. Big plans for your weekend, sir. No, I'm going to pour myself some lunch right now and then uh, and then just continue with my day. You're going to lean back in the chair, pour yourself some lunch, and wait for her to walk in. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jim Roop. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, there you man. Go. All right. Fantastic. Jesus. All right. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Oh, is this is this my wife? Oh, is this Laura? Oh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, hi there. Hello. Hello. Oh, this is not my wife. No, this is not your wife, Rick. Well, okay. I'm glad that I sort of approached this call cautiously without blurting out, "I love you. How are you today?" Because that would have been awkward. Yeah, that would have been slightly. Who is this? This is Sherry. It's the first time calling in. Oh, hello, Sherry. How are you? All right. Can I just tell you for a minute, when you said this is she, we all sort of tensed up for a moment thinking this was going to be Shelly. Yeah. Then it was all going to go going to go bad. No, actually, I'd like to apologize in advance if I sound slightly tipsy. I'm running on sleep debt after seeing The Dark Knight. Excellent. Yes. So, you guys there, I completely forgot to ask last night how uh, Tim Riley's doing. Uh, well, I don't know. We haven't heard. Here, I, I, I mean, one can either say no news is good news, or one can, I, I don't know, it picture some room somewhere where he's just huddled in a corner, weeping in a fetal position, his bowels completely empty. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, he, so here's the thing. So Tim, Tim, this is not a secret. So Tim Riley's having a colonoscopy today, uh, and so yesterday, so he had to not, he, he hadn't eaten since Thursday, so he had his last meal. Uh, Thursday at noon. No, 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 I'm sorry. He had his last meal Wednesday at noon. He oh. ate, his last meal was Wednesday at noon. Yesterday at noon, having already not eaten for 24 hours, he then had to take these big horse pills that give you, quote, uh, strong, watery evacuation. And that hit him at around 2.45. Oh. 
And by all accounts, that's a thing where you don't leave the, the bathroom for like nine hours. And then yeah. today he has the whole thing of a camera being put into an, a sensitive place. So yeah, I've heard about that, yet I've never heard anyone dying from it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Tim, uh, Tim is a man who uh, appreciates a certain amount of, I don't know, decorum. So I don't know that we're going to hear uh, many details as the day goes on. I'm sure on Monday we'll get some sort of a... Some sort of a uh, some sort of an edited recap of the weekend's events, though. Yeah, hopefully not too much of a in-depth description. No, I think all we got yesterday was when he came back in the room and he said, uh, "There's been an explosion." No, what did he say? An eruption. An there's, eruption. I there's been know. a second eruption in the northwest, <laughs> and. From Tim, that really is a, Tim is a, so rarely uh, says anything that refers to any kind of bodily function that that really does uh, that um, says it all right there. I just yeah. leave it to Tim to come up with something like that. All right, thank you for listening. You call Great. us anytime. All right, all right. glad you enjoyed day. the dark night. All right, there. Okay, this I believe is my wife. Hello. Hey. All hey. right, there you go. All right, I'm glad I didn't say I love you to that other woman. That would have been all kinds you, of weird. You know, I actually hung up because I think the moment might be lost. But I just want—I had one little comment about Shelly. Yes. And Timmy. Hmm. But, Timmy. Yeah. It's she and I, not her and I. <laughs> is that really she, the extent of your observation? That is it. It's like nails on a chalkboard. She and I. Like the there's a little grammar trick that you you do. Uh, uh, to know if it's her or she, and it's just... You, okay, but see, this is up. like that thing where you're like, where he went to the mall with m me and my brother, or whatever, my brother and I, and I know that there's a trick, but I can never... It's like the amount of time it would takes me to look at the sentence in my head and apply the trick and figure out whether it's me or I or whatever. Let's do it now. Shelly and I are drama queens. So if you just say, Shelly is a drama queen... Or I am a drama queen, but it's not me as a drama queen. Give know? us, how about another example? <laughs> you think of one, Rick. Oh, no, see, because I, I don't even know how the rule works. I would I would almost um, certainly do it. How about Shelly Shelley... and I, oh, go ahead. Go I was, ahead. No, 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 you, you go ahead, sweetie. <laughs> it's not her, her and me were punching each other uh, embarrassingly in a bar, you know, it was... Me was pun me was punching myself in a bar doesn't work. It's I was punching. Yeah. How about what? what would it be correct to say what? What is it? Is it that Shelley and me uh, were uh, it locked into some sort of downward spiral dysfunctional relationship that will undoubtedly end in a restraining order, tears, and many many broken teeth. Right. Or or I am locked in the downward spiral. Yeah. <laughs> I like this game. Uh, all right, that's fantastic. All right, uh, any further, as a mental health professional, uh, have you any final observations to make about this rather unique relationship that Timmy Ryan has found himself in? Protect your MySpace account. Change change the password often. Well, done and done. Well, and especially working at a radio station, I would think you would do that all the time anyway, because, I mean, we all, I mean, this is like Tim Riley, like, changes. I think he, Tim Riley changes the password on everything, like anything that requires his login, I think he changes the password like three times a week because I don't know that we're bad people as such, but I mean, you know, there's whatever, there's 80 people who work here and there's only four computers in this room. So, I mean, yeah. I would think, yeah. I think, I think they tell you just to do that at, like on general principle anyway. The other advice is that stable girls are always the most dangerous in the end. That's, love that, you. <laughs> love you too. Bye. Creepy. It's a good way to go out. All right. Thanks so much. All right. We have full phone lines. I didn't really know where we were going there, but that grammar lesson ended up being really funny. Well done. So was that directed towards me? 
Or sorry, directed towards I. I. <laughs> <laughs> like you've taken half a second to unlearn the grammar lesson she just gave you. So every time I talk now, I'm just going to think of Laura. See, but here's the thing. I, that, if I can be a grammar nerd for just a moment, and then we have to break. I never know how to do that. That thing about. I know, know whom and who. See, and I get that and one right. Me and I, I get kind of confused. But see, I, that, that one, can I just, I think everybody, no matter how, uh, no matter how good, done, well, God damn it. Because you're always doing well, not good. Yeah. No matter how good your grammar is, no matter how well you're, how well spoken you are, everybody has one Achilles heel. Everybody, in terms of grammar or linguistics, has one thing they get wrong. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that Lara used to get wrong, and uh, it's my pet peeve, and I've just lectured her about it, and now she gets it correct, uh, which is lesser, or you know, less and fewer. Uh, you know, and like, you have a thing with uh, literally as well. Literally you? and figuratively too. Yeah. Uh, but people say, well, you know, uh, let's see. Um, I have, you know, I have less reasons to break up with Timmy Ryan now, and it's not less reasons; it's fewer reasons. I want to talk in Cockney. It sound like me and the wench went down to you the have pub. What? Like, huh? What did you just say? Uh, I want to talk uh, like the old like English Cockney way. Okay, that's like, not what I heard the first time. I have got a million and the wench are going down the pub. Are you How going Shelly the wench in this? Yeah, she is a wench. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Home of the world's finest bumper music. All right. And whatnot. Who could be calling? It's 140. Do we have something? Do we have somebody today at 140? I don't think so. Maybe it's the bacon salt people. I'm exhausted. And I guess it doesn't help that I was up till 4 a.m. Jesus. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Friday. Uh, let's see. Coming up later on, uh, the next hour, Scott Daly will be here, uh, and he'll give the Film Fever Radio Review of The Dark Knight, which we saw uh, last night. Thanks, to everybody, for coming out. Um, so, I mean, you'll be hearing about it all weekend. It was just, it was really, Tim Jimmy Ryan's assessment of, what he claims to be the rampant CGI in The Dark Knight, notwithstanding. Uh, I mean, I think the general assessment is that it's a pretty exceptional film. And even even you have said, even you ought to say that Heath Ledger pulled it off. Uh, he was no, really, Heath really Ledger, good. Heath, if it wasn't for Heath Ledger, that movie would have totally sucked for me. Okay. Well, I, I, I could have seen that totally going to, like, Jim Carrey. Well, like you, Christian Slater. Oh, oh you mean oh, you mean like in some bad in like some alternate universe? Right. Let's just yeah. say like he like uh, Heath Ledger would have died like you know in the middle of the movie or like beforehand. They just would have like reshot it with like Christian Slater, or, like Jim Carrey. Well, you know it's funny you say Christian Slater because when Brandon Lee got killed on the set of The Crow, and The Crow is not a great film, but it's a good film. Have you seen The Crow? Oh, the yes. original yeah, crime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's a good, solid film. That's a depressing movie. It's a depressing movie. I'd say it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a triple, I would say. Um, but, you know, they got Christian Slater to do all, to do, do the ADR. So that's, um, like the sequence where uh, Eric Draven, the crow, goes into the pawn shop and he's, like, looking for the wedding rings and the whatever. And he does that thing of hanging up, saying, Mr. Gideon, 
uh, that's Christian Slater's voice because uh, Brandon Lee died before he could do his additional dialogue, his looping. So Christian Slater actually does the voice of the crow for a lot of that movie. Um, I was just reading an article last night. I, I did what I always do. Uh, you know, I, I saw the movie and then I immediately go home and I look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, and this is sort of, you know, because I try to avoid that, you know, you know spoilers and whatever. But, um, but I was reading the list. In fact, let me see if I can find it here. They had a list of the actors who, let's see, The Dark Knight. Uh, they had a list of the actors who publicly campaigned for the role of the Joker uh, in The Dark Knight. And, of course, it went to Heath Ledger and, you know, the rest is sort of history. Is it on IMDb? It's right here. A uh, list of uh, people who had publicly campaigned for the role of the Joker. Um, let's see. Um, Adrian Brody. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think Adrian no. Brody, but I mean, I think if Adrian Brody can make it work, it's only because he's pointy. I mean, that's it. It's really, it's just because he's got a beak. Uh, Steve Carell. No. No. Uh, wait for it. Who's the worst possible person who could have played the Joker? Worst possible? Ben Affleck. No. No, no, no. Wor- no, dude, worse. Ben Affleck would never play the Joker. But, I mean, who's the worst? Leonardo DiCaprio. The worst possible person. Worse than cancer. Mini-me. No. <laughs> no. Well, okay. I mean, I guess, sure. All right. But I'm saying of the people that... Mike Myers? Give me a guess that's not retarded. Uh, no. Robin Williams. Robin Ro- Williams? See, but, I mean, can't you see... If they had made this movie Ooh, ten yeah. years ago, you know, if they had made the movie ten years ago, can't you see it having? You can't you see that role being given to Robin Williams and then it just butchering the whole film? Uh, anyway, so uh, blah 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 blah. So there you Who go. Who was the last one? Robin Williams. Oh God, that's after, what I'm saying. It he, lost me, he lost me after Patch Adams. It would have. Let's not even get started on that horrible. It, it would have rendered the movie unwatchable. Shia LaBeouf, I think he could pull it off. What do you think? Shia no. LaBeouf. No. You know, have you seen um, Wanted with Angelina Jolie? No. Is he in it? Uh, no, but I will say this. Um, the thing about Wanted, again, Wanted, not a great movie. I say it's a good 6 out of 10. Uh, it's worth watching. But the guy, I forget his name, the guy who is the lead in the movie Wanted is, I think, a much better version of Shia LaBeouf. I forget his name. Uh, Adrian something or other? Whatever. The ma- the male lead in I Wanted. About, I think I find him very unattractive. I don't think I don't find him attractive. I mean, but I don't find Shia LaBeouf attractive either. I think he's a much better version of this kind of character that Shia LaBeouf plays. Hey, Richie, I can't who's on line one? Shelly. <gasps> Who? I don't know. I didn't know. Who? That's oh, always you how you, you that's, said Shelly? That's how you always want to start these phone Who? That's like, you're like John Lennon in that Beatles clip. John, how does your wife feel about your tour? But who? No, I thought he said, uh, sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm interested to hear what Shelly has to Hold say. Hold on. Well, she's just... a perfectly sane and good person. Well, you oh, know, really? What, you that's, know, that's, your, that's your take Let me it. just... Wow. All right, dude. Let me just say, because we did see the Dark Knight last night. Let's do it Dark Knight style. Heads, we take the call. Tails, we don't. We've got to take the call. Uh, Damn it. Fate agrees with you. Yes. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Shelly. How are you? Is this, am I really on the air right yes, now? Yes, you are. Hi, Shelly. Oh. How are you? Oh, good. I just received three messages to call. Sorry. Let me just say, first and foremost, and for the record, that Sarah and I find you to be delightful, attractive, normal, stable, successful, and charming in every way. And Tim is creepy and narcissistic and weird. Well, that yes. would be the assessment. Yes. <laughs> I was going to try to hedge my remarks there, but no, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> Have you been listening today? No, I've actually, I work nights, so I've actually been sleeping, but I have my friend Jeff Larson listens to your show religiously every day, and so he um, sends me a text message whenever I'm going to be discussed on the radio or when Tim's on the radio now. So you have been uh, working nights, being productive, taking care of the sick, and being a decent, upstanding member of society. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. More like tying up the crazy. But... Yes. So I'll just stand back. Timmy? Hi, Shelly. How you doing? Here's the thing: is that you, you, I'll just get, I'll just give you this this shot now because here the, the thing you learn in radio is this, and Sarah and I have been down this road many, many, many times, is that if you ever discuss like the person you are dating or a friend of yours or somebody that you're close to, the thing is if they don't hear it. You need to tell them about it because what they, what's going to happen is they're going to hear it third hand. Okay, fine. We were we were discussing the uh, the now infamous MySpace incident. Oh, which you totally deserved. Okay, how, how the hell did I deserve you hacking into my goddamn MySpace? I did hack into it actually. Okay, how did you get into it then? Um, my computer remembers passwords. No, no, you were looking on my computer. Okay, your computer remembers passwords. Oh, yeah, my, my computer remembers passwords. Okay. And so you decided just to take a stroll around my own MySpace, TimRyanRadio.com. <laughs> right, because, um, yeah, because you spend 90% of your time trying to convince me you're cheating on me. How do I do that? Um, let's see. If you're, like, looking at the BBC News, you'll giggle to yourself on the computer and shut the uh, computer really quick. If you'll pretend you get text messages when you don't. You do all kinds of crazy things. And you just called me like 10 minutes ago to tell me to call the show, so shut up. No, 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 no. I didn't say to call the show. I said, <laughs> I, love you, whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said call the show. I said, are you listening? Timmy? Yeah, of course. I'm listening in the middle of the day when I'm supposed to be sleeping. Well, I, I called you to see if you're listening because we were, we were talking about you, and I thought surely you'd have the radio on. Are so. you trying to make – hold on, let me understand this. Are, it, it, it seems to be Shelley's assessment that – you are trying to make yourself appear more desired by women the world over than perhaps you are. What are you talking about? Well, that's isn't that that was sort of the implication. You're, you're no. Sort of try, I'm just. What I'm asking. Her, okay. I'm at, let me, hold on. I'm asking Shelley though. That, that sort of seemed to be what you're implying that he attempts to he tries to make it seem as though he is being pursued by women constantly. Oh, he totally does that. That's not true because you think that I'm cheating on you, so I just screw around with you on purpose. Well, see, the, the funny thing about this whole situation is every single person who knows me is like, Shelly, why are you acting crazy and jealous? This isn't like you. You're not paranoid. Like, there must really be something going on because you've never done this in your entire life. Okay. And so that, based on that assessment of people, I was like, hmm, maybe something really is going on. Let me ask you this. Is it, was there an incident where uh, the other night where you bit Timmy in public? I probably did bite him. He bites me all the time. <laughs> he bites you all the in a, in a sexy way? In like a drooling, rabid dog kind of way. But I mean, it, I'm unclear about whether that's the sexy kind or not. But I mean, like, it, like is this sort of like in like a playful sort of biting, or is this like a uh, like a squabble becomes a tiff becomes an argument becomes his teeth biting you? No, it's not usually like that. No. All right, okay. Uh, and was there some sort of public punching that happened? Oh, boy, he was just trying to act macho around Kristen and Adam the other night. <laughs> just uh, trying to act macho around like Adam. Beating up his girlfriend. I'm going to act. Seriously, watch me hit this girl. Shelly, so what was it that you found on his uh, MySpace page? Because he was saying that he had been corresponding with some girl in Seattle or something? Mm -hmm. what oh, he said that, um, oh, I was attached to him, but he wasn't really attached to me. And, uh, but, wow. But, Dude, what are yeah. you still doing with him? Seriously. That's mean. Have, you know, can I tell you, have you ever taken a good long look at Adam? He's an attractive man. You know, I don't think I want to date any more radio people after this. <laughs> We're terrible. No, I would I look, I, what am I, I going to... You see me, I'm single for like the 47th time. Oh, sure. <laughs> it does not work. And what am I going to say? No, 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 that's a that's a completely flawed assessment, Shelley. I mean, what am I, what am I going to say? You're wrong. Um, so... But you, here's the thing. You went through my MySpace page and you found nothing there. I mean, there was no, there was no concrete evidence 
that uh, I was, in fact, screwing around on you. Right, but that's because you put everything in the trash can. You just forgot to empty that particular trash. Okay, what did you – no, hold on here. Did you find anything? What did anything? you find in the trash? What's in the box? Oh, just what I said. You guys should actually on the air go through his MySpace inbox. What's that? He said you guys on the air should go through his MySpace There's nothing in there. There was nothing in there in the first place. I'm still back on you trying to look macho in front of Kristen and Adam. I wasn't trying to look macho. I think her and I were just kind of arguing or whatever, and we'll – Arguing. We were really arguing. We were joke arguing. Arguing, arguing with your far. fists. All right. There you go. But the, 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 the interesting thing to, to to us is that as as much as Timmy sort of tries to appear, would you agree that Timmy tries very much publicly to look like the lone wolf? Yes. I mean that's and yet so he has this argument with you at this place where you were you were out kind of drinking, which at the end of it though he like stomps off and then just goes back to your place. Yes, I know. I after, I was... after he called Adam and told Adam to tell me we were done. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You called Adam and told Adam to tell Shelly that you were done. Look, I was really drunk. Wait a, wait a man up. I was really drunk. I thought that you've turned your life around to me, Ryan. You're running like 10 miles a day. You're not uh, drinking as much as you used dropped, to. You've lost 60 pounds. 15. I heard it was 100. Wait a sack up. Shelly, you, you, you hey, can Hey, Adam, testify. will you call my girlfriend and tell her that I don't want to see her no, anymore? Shelly, okay, I was really drunk. So Pass I, a note to her in math I class. I was drunk. I tried calling her, and, of course, my logic when I'm drunk is like, well, I'll call Adam, uh, and that's what I did. I don't understand. Anyway, we didn't break up. We kind of we worked through this, it. Despite, despite the message you ferried through Adam, it's like some retarded Cyrano so diversion. Did Adam, actually, did Adam call you, Shelly? No, I was sitting there. Like, no, Tim, Tim left, and I was still sitting there with Adam and Kristen when he left. And so he sent Adam a text message saying to tell you that it was over, even though he's sleepy, sleeping at your house. Yes, I was God, really Timmy, drunk. I don't understand stupid. anything you do, dude. You just, you, I. Uh, and you're blowing it, man. I mean, if this is what you were setting out to do, is like screw it up. You're doing a perfect job. Are you a self? Are you a self defeater, Timmy Ryan? No, Shelly, am I blowing it, Shelly? Not quite yet. <laughs> See, what? Let me ask you this. At this point, what could he do? Uh, to blow it. I mean, really, it seems like I'm just saying uh, an objective observer. Uh, if he like truly cheated on me and I caught him, like he would be in trouble. Now, I thought you had not had, and again, like, what's your limit? Yeah, I mean, like, well, I thought you would had, you break up with him. Or I would thought you, you hadn't had the talk though. But I mean, didn't the last time we had, we were like a week or so ago, whenever he was on. I thought that like the talk hadn't been had. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought that you guys had not had. The discussion, because remember, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even say that you were his girlfriend. He wouldn't even use the G word. Are you still saying quasi-girlfriend, Tim? Yeah. I mean, so I don't even know what that means. He's still even... my quasi-girl. Because I, I don't like putting titles on it, because every time I put a title on it, I, everything just goes to hell. Yeah, not like now. Yeah, good thing that you... Because everything's completely normal all the time when you, when you call me your quasi-girlfriend. Good thing you staved off that inevitability, Timmy. Way, way to go. Well I, done. I, look, I'm just going to point this out. I will somehow screw this up. I know I will. I've, I've told you that several times. And I just don't understand why people have to be so self-defeating. See, I try to think positively, even though I see the worst of humanity on a daily basis. I always still think positively. I'm like Candide. I just like... Oh, nothing bad could happen. Okay, by the way, that's like you, you just your hotness just increased exponentially, by the way, with a Voltaire reference. Oh, so. totally. I, that's one of my favorite books ever. All right, fantastic. Well done. Is it here is it here that there's a Voltaire street? No, it's San Diego. Um all right, let's uh well I uh, at this point, I feel bad for even having you haven't woken you up because I know you. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sean. I mean, yeah, you're actually sleeping after having you know been an angel of mercy all night and so forth. So it's just like be true to yourself, and you know if you if you get into some guy's inbox and he's talking about how he doesn't really care about you, I mean, just kind of think about that a little bit. 
That's just me. I know, I'm actually he's, confronted he's so him about it, and I actually um, called my ex-husband and told him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was like, well, Shelly, I don't, I don't really see anything here for you to worry about, really. He, he actually totally defended Tim. Really? Yeah. Has he met Tim? No. Ah, well, there but you go. I, I did listen to um, Tim on the Rick Emerson show a week ago, and he was just like, um, I couldn't think of anybody more perfect for you because he's just as obnoxious as you are. Well, all right then. Well, that sounds that does sound like the foundation for a beautiful long life. Hey, Shelly, make me something to eat when I get so when I get, <laughs> get back to your pad. There's like a tofu scramble or something made. No, you can make a tofu scramble for waking me up. All right, make me something to eat. Make yourself something to eat. You owe me. Moving on. All right, Shelly. Uh, I'm sitting at the bar and fists are about ready. To I was just going to say before any biting erupts. All right, uh, sorry for waking up. Uh, try to get some sleep. Uh, have a have a good weekend, Shelly. All right, bye. Thank you. There you go, that's Shelly. You looked really, really nervous and uncomfortable, by the way, at several points during this discussion. Oh, I thought she was going to bring something up. What? I can't say it. Yes. <laughs> you, you can't say that on the air. You know you can't it. say, I can't say Oh, it. there's this contract that I was really drunk one time and I tried to force her into. Was this one of those contracts where she has to call you daddy and then, uh, uh, you know, and whatever? No, no. Okay. Was it where she has to promise that she won't sleep with anybody else, but you can do whatever you want? No. Well, what else would it was be? It the contract of marriage? No, of course not. Hell no. It was just this passing thing I said when I was really drunk one time. What did you say? Which was what? It was just, it was... Is this safe for the air? No. Well, then, <laughs> well, then make it safe for the air. You're a radio pro. You can edit it for the air. We all have to do it. How can I phrase this? You expect her to do a certain deed for you, like once a week? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Once a day? All right. Jesus. Sort of, yes. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, good God. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, yes, hello, hey, hi. Yes, you're okay. on the radio program, sir. Man, hello. I was hoping I can catch Shelly. I was going to see if maybe she wanted to go on a date with him. <laughs> why do you take well, it? Why no, do you take it? No, because I don't cook my steak all the way, you know? Uh, okay. Yes, I, yes, I understand. All right, thank Come you. On, yes, man. no, I'm sorry. All right. That's well, horrible. How are you going to cut me off? Yeah, all right, well. You're not man enough to date Shelly. Dude. <laughs> okay, four foot eight friggin' little herbivore. <laughs> all right. Whatever. Thank you, my friend. It's hey, amateur hour. Hey, you finally got rid of Jolie, then you get rid of Scotty, and now you got this little whiner. Well, you know, you, look every every uh, every Marx family needs their Zeppo. That's okay. All right. Jeez. All right. Wah, wah, wah. Bye. All right. Okay. Woo. Jesus. All right. I don't even know what time it is. You know, the thing is, can I just tell you this? Um, so we're in a, a dimly lit room, as we've noted many times. It's like the Charlie Rose set in here. Uh, and the Playhouse is next door to us, but they no. are but they are gone at this, at this time of day. And so they've turned off the lights in there, so it's pitch black in there. It's pitch black in the production room it's next totally to us. It's totally dark in here. I mean, so in here, doesn't it feel like we're on a separate, like we're in a separate world? It feels like a vacation day. It does. I mean, it, 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 I just, it feels like there's nobody in the office. And there's nobody. Well, because it's Friday. It is Friday at like 145. Yeah, it so. is Friday in a radio station at 145, which means that everybody's gone and the people that are here are drunk, probably. Mm. So, all right. And there's a big box of donuts in the kitchen, Timmy Ryan. Don't you forget. I bet they have vegan ones, Timmy Ryan. Oh, for the love of Christ. It, it's, it's two. What have we done today? Nothing. We didn't even do any news. Um, we did some news. Yeah, All the important stuff. Uh, let's see. Well, what what haven't we got through today? I mean, uh, uh, that, that we really need to. Well, we, we should get to the top five today at some point. Yeah. Oh, um, I set that up. Scott Daly coming up. Um, let's see. Oh, we we got to do our sound. Let's do sound clips now. So let's do some That's sound fabulous. clips. Then we'll take a break. We'll come back 
do a little bit of news, then the top five, then Scott Daly talking about Dark Knight. What do you say? I say fantastic. Okay. All right. So we are going through our soundbite inventory. We're now at we're now down to five hundred and sixty-eight soundbites. Um, let's see. So uh, let's see. Where did we where did we leave off here? Um, let's see. We left off at. By the way, this uh, top five is totally terrible. Yeah. Uh, well, of course. But I mean, it's it. All right. Let's see. Um. All right, we'll just, uh, let's see, what have we got here? We're just, we're going through these sound bites because we realize that I have more of these. Oh, this is our Batman bed. Well, we got to keep this. Yes. All right, that's the Batman bed. Let's see, what is this? One, two, three. Is that the Ruddles? Oh, this is the Beatniks. Oh, keep this yeah because it's fantastic and i don't think i have a copy of it anywhere yeah we'll keep that we never know you never really have to like uh, you have to fill a couple minutes when i'm doing tv and i got 18 oh that's the chris berman going nuts i wonder if that's bleeped i probably shouldn't play any more of that until i know if it's bleeped or not that's it? that yeah i'm gonna save that that's chris berman going nuts on camera it's kind of like that Bill O'Reilly clip that's going around. We'll do it live! That thing that's going around. Or like the Alex that's right. one. Yeah, it's exactly like that, but it's Chris Berman. All right. Um, okay, here's... Uh, let's see. What is this? <laughs> I don't even... Why that was the breastfeeding sound or something, wasn't it? That's why it's called... That's why it's called boob. It is, it's, seriously, it's just labeled boob one. Is that a, is this a Scotty J production? Of course it is. <laughs> like I even why need to ask. Asking? But why do we even have this? I mean, I know he made it, but for what reason? Like what? What? Maybe it's the breastfeeding. Like when we told hideous breastfeeding stories. <sighs> All right, I'm deleting that. Yeah, I don't think we need that ever again. Let's see. We've got a couple Brian Wilson songs here. Um, uh, you know, and they're actually corrupted too. So I'm just going to delete these. This is like a, this is like that bad that rap song that Brian Wilson did. Let's see. Um, Sally Ann Bowman's mother and her two sisters arriving at the Old Bailey today. Sally Ann had worked as a model. She was just 18 when she was attacked and murdered after a night out in 2005. Why do I have this? Police were called to her address in Croydon in South London after her body was found on her driveway in a pool of blood. Jeez. Today, the man accused of her murder, 37-year-old Mark Dixie, was asked to explain what's been described as his very unattractive defence that he hadn't killed her, but had unwittingly had sex with her dead body. That's why we kept it. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking to delete that. Okay. Yeah, I don't never, I mean, do you hear that again? Yeah, let's see. What's wrong with him? Nothing's wrong with it, sweetie. I was just wondering why you're not with your buddy tonight. That's Britney Spears talking in a British accent. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's not here. Excuse me? He's not here. <laughs> Where are you going, Brittany? Is everything okay? Why don't you go film your friend? Maybe you guys can make a lot of money together. That's a really bad British accent. Today videos are in, you know. Are you going to continue to sit here and film me? Are you going to be on your way? Oh, God. God. You know, just, I miss her crazy, though. You know, but it's that British accent that made me hate her. That's the thing. I mean, it, it, I remember before, that was your breaking point. Seriously, I mean, there's something about that. Back off, back off. 
Yeah, we got to keep that. All right, excellent. Okay, so we'll keep that. All right, fantastic. Let's see what else do we have here. What is this? Timmy Ryan, you're a musicologist. Um, hold on. This is backwards, I take it? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so tired, I don't know him right now. Um... Oh, wait, hold on. It's, it's Burl Ives. Oh, it, is, it is Burl Ives. It's Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah. It's Burl Lives back. Why, why do I have Burl Lives <laughs> singing Holly Jolly Christmas backward? That's what you hear in hell over the holidays. Seriously. I Okay, I'm deleting that. I don't think I ever need that. Really? God. What's going to happen during the Christmas show when we're all drinking and you need a soundbite? Uh, I think we've, I think we've, I think we've kept more than enough. What? Ah, God. What? Ah, God. I don't know. It's just, it's called Collar Og. All right, I'm deleting. I'm yeah. deleting that. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, let's see. We'll get that. Um. We do not pay taxes for y'all to spray our kids in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, stop, stop. That's the spray and the babies thing. All right. And I think the second one is. That's why we was like, stop, stop. You're spraying the babies. You're spraying the babies. They didn't they stop. Didn't All right. That's it. We got to keep okay, that yes, one. Yes, yes. I want my Uncle Charlie sausage. Well, that's a keeper. Uh, let's see. We gotta keep that. Yeah, we can't get rid of that. I have it here. Do you need it? Do you want it there? Too? I'll keep it over here. You never, never tell when I might need that. Is this Hole of the Mountain King? Dun 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 dun. Is that Hall of the Mountain King or the Nutcracker Suite or the Fairy Plum, the Sugar Fairy Plum thing? That's Hall of the Mountain King. All right. Yeah, I don't need that. All right, we'll do a couple more here, and then we'll uh, then we'll take a break. Uh, let's see. Rick Emerson, Sarah Epstein, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the universe. Rashid Bristol, Timmy Ryan, Lisa Deschardins, Jim Roop. The hell is Rob that? Costantini. Can you see my nipples? I regret nothing. I think it's a guy who used the I barely knew her voice, and he put together. He made all... a huge montage. It's hilarious. It was like a montage of all the things that get said on the program frequently. Yeah, you should save that. I barely knew her. Don't miss Emerson. Listen to your party eleven the roast. Yeah, this is. Hot falls. <laughs> all right, we'll keep that. Uh, let's see. We'll do uh, one more here. Uh, yeah, we got to keep that too. All right, one more. Uh, let's see. Uh... If you haven't heard the Rick Emerson show lately, why do I even have this? this. Is a promo? Hello. Craigslist, is there any. Oh, it's the thing we're looking horse. for horse. All right, I'll delete those. Let's see, I don't need these Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls thing. Uh, let's see, get rid of that. All right, uh, let's look for one more here. Um, Delana. Delana crying. I don't know. Okay, we'll save we that. We have to. We have to. All right. No, fair enough. No, I'm convinced. All right. 
Uh, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, Timmy Ryan will have headlines for us. We'll do the top five night songs of all time. Scott Daly will be here from FilmFeverRadio.com. Uh, like us at 3, Flash Friday, Michael Mara Show at 7, uh, and so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Here in a few minutes, we'll bring in Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com. Uh, well, the top five coming up today. Uh, top five night songs uh, of all time, because uh, of the uh, Dark Knight, which, of course, had its world premiere uh, pretty much everywhere uh, last night. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Rock 101, KUFO, Court and Fatboy, 7 to Midnight, uh, weeknights, uh, Fatboy. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you, my friend? I'm doing okay uh, um, for having to get up at 7 for absolutely no reason, because my show doesn't start until 7 p.m. Why did you have to get up at 7? Um, Is there, like, a staff meeting or something? No. I, um, Is there some unpleasantness? No, not unpleasant. It's just, okay, I guess it's sort of public knowledge. Now, girlfriend had to get up and go to work. Oh, I'm, okay. So, right. Okay. Oh, I right. didn't really okay. go back to sleep. Okay. So. No, that's just, uh, Once I'm up, I'm up. I can't go. Have you changed your MySpace profile to in a relationship? Um, well, it's a music profile, so I can put all those uh, funky beats and uh, hilarious uh, comedic bits that we do on our show. Indeed. So I can't. And you can I remain can't. uncommittal about the, exactly where you are in life status. You all, bands don't date other bands, so they don't even have that section on the MySpace. All right. Then. So, so uh, okay. So Dark Knight. Uh, so Sarah had already seen it. So she saw it for the second time last night. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, we were. You guys were doing your thing on Division. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they they were at a theater right by where you and I had to do that uh, soul crushing television <laughs> program that time. Um, I would have definitely not slept in the car out there. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and so I saw it last night, and like everybody else, I was trying to that thing of you know what it is. It's that thing of like where you're ramping yourself up for months and months beforehand, uh-huh. and then right in the couple of days before you see it, that's when you start to pull back expectations. Yeah. Excited, 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 excited. Moderate. And, you know, but I got to tell you, they, I mean, it's a home run. No, and we were, when we introduced the, the, the movie last night, and we realized that, like, for about, like, an hour or two before we actually introduced the movie, this, we've, I've been comparing it to, like, Phantom Menace as far as terms of hype go, where everything in the world was Phantom Menace back right. in 99. Totally. And then I realized... Like, oh, Jesus, about like two, three hours before we even got out there, Court and I were talking about it. It's not Phantom Menace. This feels like Star Wars. Totally. Like yeah. 1977 is Absolutely. what this feels like. So, uh, and we said it to the crowd, like, this is some Star Wars stuff right here. And also, when I would do the other, the thing about it is that Phantom Menace, I mean, obviously Star Wars reaches across generations. There's just yeah. no getting around that. Uh, but, but I would say that the Star Wars wheelhouse is guys of a certain age. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's boys who were, uh, I don't know, eight years old when they first saw it. And that's basically it. But this, though, man, I saw everybody from, I mean, it sounds like such a cliche, but I mean, really, everybody from 60-year-olds all the way mm-hmm. down to, like, five-year-olds that were there. And everyone is equally excited yeah, to see this yeah, thing. Everybody was, was pumped. And, the, the, and, the, and everybody's stumbling out of the theater. Like, I've been to midnight screenings before. Those things end at, like, you know, 2, 2.30 in the morning. And if, even if the movie is good, it's still sort of like Dawn of the Dead when coming they come out of walking the, up. Coming out of Crystal Skull. Uh, yeah. I remember we left. Were you there for that? Uh, no, we, we you guys dropped him, but you had to leave. Yeah. yeah. So I remember uh, Tim Riley and I stuck around for the Crystal Skull screening, and that got out at around, I mean, not even that, we got to like two-something. Yeah. And we all kind of went to the lobby, and it was sort of a, uh, okay, bye now. And well, there's nothing to say, it was just such a lackluster sort of, 
But I mean, after all the hype, I remember we. The, we got out of the, the movie last night, and it was like everybody just kept saying, like, holy F. Like, oh, oh, I know. And, and there were, people were jazzed. People were awake. Here was a little creepy anecdote that I want to uh, relate. We, we walk out of the theater, Scott, uh, Aaron, myself, um, our respective girls, our ladies, and uh, we're, we're talking about the movie for, like, about two, three minutes, and uh, Scott's girl points up at the moon and goes, hey, look at that. And just at that moment, the clouds were moving so fast that it just brushed in front of a full yeah. moon and then ducked out of the way. And I was like, I... That's I'm so going. Cool. I'm out. I'm that out. I'm leaving so on that cool. note right there. I just left the best Batman movie ever made just as the moon decides, like, da 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 da. Like I was imagining bats. That's the other thing is, I mean, and I went home and I took a nap and I had, you know, had a bunch of coffee and whatever. And uh, but it, you know, they didn't get you know, the movie didn't start till like twelve thirty. There's a bunch of trailers before it. And mm-hmm. The Watchmen trailer, Watch which is great. And, and I'm not gonna like pretend that I'm a bigger comic guy than I really am. But having read it, it seems like that's gonna be incredibly faithful and cool and oh, badass. Uh, and then the, the teaser for Terminator 4, mm-hmm. and um, I forget what else. It was, uh, it was the, 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 the Quantum, quantum the Solace of Quantum, oh, yeah. Quantum of Flux, the, or whatever the, 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 the new Bond bond title ever. Is, yeah. Um, but, so the movie starts at like 12.30, and I have to admit, when it was starting, even during that opening bank heist sequence, which, mm-hmm. again, it's not a spoiler, because they released that online, is I'm watching, I'm kind of going... God, I hope I can stay awake for this movie. I mean, I really did not, and not a knock on the film. It's like it's twelve thirty, yeah. and I'm just like, God, I, I hope I'm not. You know, I hope I can stay focused. I don't want to be fuzzed out halfway through this. Mm-hmm. But about twenty minutes in, gone. Yeah. I was wide awake. I had, I had trouble getting to sleep. I went home last, yeah, last night. I got home, went to bed at four, and just tossed and turned because I was wide awake mm-hmm. from the movie. Yeah, everyone pretty much perked up. Um, right around the time, and I'm not. This isn't really a spoiler. I'm going to describe it vaguely. But uh, the Joker pulls a magic trick. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's about when the movie grabs everybody and then just the keeps first them there. Big horrible laugh of yeah. the film. <laughs> and I remember that ha- because well, that, kind of, that is the scene that sets the tone. And, and you can see it's like, hey, he's still and, a bad guy. Oh, it's giving me chills just to think about it. Well, and that in that sequence, in the magic trick sequence, in in that. Moment. Yeah. I sound like Donald Sutherland in JFK. In that moment, lay the Joker's whole personality. It's a microcosm of his whole personality. Mm-hmm. That moment. It's horrible and evil and hilarious. Yeah, and then he, when he finishes the trick, he just moves on. He doesn't even, like, take time to, to revel yeah. in it. It's just, boom, trick's over. Okay, back to business now. You know, and I remember we were talking about how but the, the, the fanboys at one point were, you know, and everybody was sort of they're skeptical of, jo- of oh, Heath Ledger being Very Joker. skeptical. Was, he was the gay cowboy. That's yeah. all that he was. And I remember at some point they were like, oh, dude, and he's just ripping off the Jack Nicholson voice. And you know what the thing is? And now I don't even I don't even remember it's like Chuck Klosterman said this thing about eighties rock at one point. He said yeah. that like he was he said that growing up everybody was so opposed to keyboards in eighties metal. Yeah. And he's like looking back he can't remember why. And now looking back, I can't remember what all the fuss was about about Ledger. It's like it just seems inconceivable mm-hmm. now. When you hear that Robin Williams was trying to get that part, I mean, Jesus. Well, he had a relationship with Christopher Nolan from being an insomnia. Yeah. So I can see sort of why that happened. But Court and I on the show um, a couple nights back, we completely forgot everything about Batman 89. Yeah. And we were trying to reference it. We couldn't remember who directed it. I forgot Jack Nicholson's name. Yeah. That is how good Ledger's performance is, and that is how good Nolan's direction is in this film. That, I forgot that there was a previous Batman. That's unless you're Timmy Ryan, who holds up the, the, the 89 Batman as being definitive. That was without... the most ridiculous trash I have ever heard that early in the morning. <laughs> Timmy Ryan. Ryan. Hello, Timmy Ryan. Hello. You so, should respond. I mean, should... Bobby's just sitting here telling you. No, because, no, look, I knew when I woke up this morning and I put that uh, review on my MySpace page, I already knew... That I was going to get thrashed. I knew that I was. I told well, Shelly, like, you, I'm going to get scathed. That, no, no. no you, you wanted to get thrashed. You're trolling no, right now no, with what you're doing. No, yes, because no, because I, none I of your arguments make any sense. No, because I didn't truly like the movie. 
I, I, I was like, yeah, no, no, I went five out of five. You're, you and didn't want to truly like Paddock, the movie. Paddock's out there getting like, dude, I can't believe what you're saying. Like, no way. And this is exactly what you want. You're trolling, no, man. You are fishing. You are I'm, fishing. I'm not fishing because if I would have really liked the movie, I would have been like, wow, that kicked ass. But I, I You didn't want to like the movie, asked, though, man. No, I wanted to like the movie. You're complaining about the CGI in a movie that is almost entirely CGI free. I'm, and then you're, you're CGI, talking about CGI, CGI, CGI might have been the wrong terminology. It was just it seemed a little too <laughs> what digital. Was, what to was me. the right terminology? I think it was just that. a little too digital for me. What? What do you mean digital? It was filmed on film. <laughs> it just it seems like there was just like like this two. You have no idea aspects. what you're talking about. Sure I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know what? You know stuff. You know stuff about like I don't know deflowering store clerks <laughs> and chewing on your girlfriend every week. That's the sort of stuff you know. You obviously very much don't know anything about movies. I know plenty about movies. <laughs> Uh, uh, so Ryan, give us. A, I like, think you guys are all a bunch of goddamn nerds, and you're defending Batman like 14 year old girls defend the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, and I, I think th- that's what's going on. And I think that opinion is what you walked into the theater no, with because you knew if you true. spit it no. after the movie was over, like the you bad get... boy because it's like look, yes. look at how how above this movie. And that's why every picture he takes he glowers. I'm not about the movie. If I'm gonna sit, well, you're obviously acting like you're above us. I keep saying that we're 14 year old girls in love with If I am going to watch a movie that's two and a half hours long, it better kick ass from start to finish. And in my opinion. You guys are totally, totally welcome to years, of course. And by, in my it, opinion, I, I thought the movie was like okay at best, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that movie kicked ass!" And here's your th- your thing about uh, your thing about like all this like weird projected fake nerd hate would hold yeah. a lot more water if you weren't constantly going on about how much you love the '89 film. The '89, which film, is way more wanky than this. It's one. a movie engineered to appeal to 14-year-old goth girls, girls wearing Emily the Strange on their T-shirt. That's what Batman 89, 89 is focused. Yes. Um, no, I don't think so. Really? No. Because yes. I remember seeing it when it came out. Okay, something else. This is something else. Wait, hold on. Is this is this like a things were better when you were a boy no. moment? Is that what's happening okay, here? Okay, there's, there's two big things. There's two really big things that would have made, actually made the film better. I would have gave it like maybe a 3, 3.5 out of 5 stars. Which is, is this at, which is they should have they should have said screw it we're going for the R rating because PG thirteen to me is like safe for romantic comedy starring Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. But that, doesn't, that, but that yeah. makes no sense what at all. What was the movie lacking somehow? Was it that there wasn't like? Yeah, I think. Was I it think there wasn't they, a cheerleader? Batman eighty nine PG thirteen. I I know. Well, I'll explain. Batman eighty nine PG thirteen. Hold on here. Okay. I think it went. It didn't go. It, I think uh, the, the movie needed to go past a certain. Can I say and this? It didn't, and it let didn't me, do appease the film. Let me read this email. This says um, Timmy Ryan and his opinions. Why do I get the impression the only reason Timmy Ryan didn't like The Dark Knight is because the movie didn't feature him getting laid in it? <laughs> So Batman should have chewed on somebody. <laughs> okay, and then Batman uh, should have had kick-ass sideburns. Number two, it was it was two. <laughs> Batman should have hung out with Dick Dale at some point. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gordon Fatboy, Rock 101, KUFO, seven to midnight. So, all right, uh, big happenings on the show tonight. Uh, no, probably. Well, actually, no. I take that back. <laughs> We're gonna have a uh, Mike Russell in. He'll talk about a uh, Dark Knight. We'll have a uh, Dave Walker. Formerly of Willamette Week, now of uh, BadassMofo.com. He's going to talk about uh, some some B movies that are really good. And uh, Aaron Duran, Geek in the City, okay. our own beloved Aaron Duran, will come in to talk about uh, Batman in the comics. Hey, tell Mike Russell he can keep my Sports Night DVDs. Um, he can keep them? Uh, i got to bring the sixth disc in. Yeah, still at home. <laughs> I still have the. He can't watch the finale. Tell him he can keep them as long as it, you know he enjoys them or maybe passes them on to somebody else because mm-hmm. the 10th anniversary special edition Sports Night's coming out in a month. Oh, okay. All right. So, okay, that's cool. so I'm going to send those off into the world like Charlotte. Like Charlotte with her spider. <laughs> with her spider. Children. Ballooning out. Yes. Sort of something similar, very something very similar to that happened in uh, Dark Knight, as a matter of fact. If you stop and think about it. Yes. Wait, what are you talking about? 
Charlotte ballooning. Oh, all right, yes. Butt, and, yes. You know, and then mm-hmm. really cool action and sequences. So totally done, like, not digitally in any way, shape, or form. You know, the thing about Timmy is I can oh, tell, are... to, to be fair, I can tell he's fatiguing a little bit, too. He's sort of, I can tell he's sort of winding down uh, like a spring-loaded There's toy There's no winding today, down so. in baseball. No. <laughs> We're all keeping it together. Good reference. All right, uh, Fatboy, Rock 101, KUFO, Court and yes. Fatboy, 7 to midnight tonight. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Um, are you doing the slow clap over there? Oh, and the fake you. Is that is that the? Is All that, that lets me know is that the arrow has found its mark. Like is the spear of Longinus, and you are slowly bleeding is, out. Is that the is that the McNulty in three hundred slow clap that you're doing right there? <laughs> he got stabbed too. Well done, my queen. All right, thank you. All right, thanks. Bye, Bobby. All right, thanks so much. Uh, all right, uh, so Scott Dellies. pacing in the hallway story. like a caged animal. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, when we return, Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com will join us. We'll have more news with uh, Timmy Ryan, and we'll do the top five night songs. Like us at three, Mike O'Mara at seven. Back after this with Scott Daly. Don't go anywhere. Get it all in perspective for all y'all enjoyment a song y'all can step with. Y'all appointed me to bring rap justice, but I ain't. I'm a classy girl. Penis and Xbox. I'm a classy girl. You're a grandstander. That's all I have to say. I'm a classy girl. What is ringworm? I'm a classy girl. His tongue is hanging out. Look what I got you. I'm a classy girl. You know, I don't really recall. There are a lot of guys in the room. Yeah, I'm trying to find a bigger one. I'm a classy girl. Good news, everyone. I'm a classy girl. Jesus, for the love of Christ, I'm a classy girl. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Would you like to tell everybody what you were just referring to the show as today, Timmy Ryan? I said, Mike, what, 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 what did I say? You exactly. just said, this show is like a crucible for Timmy Ryan. Yes, there you go, that's what All I right. said. Should I read news? In your head, or are you just, like, full-on atlasing it with the globe, like, on your shoulders? Life is rough for Timmy Ryan. Your hair is just unbelievably bad today, by the way. I mean, I know I'm no roadmap for, like, <laughs> physical appearance, but I'm just saying. You... I kind of like his hair. I mean, it's good. I mean, you got a full, lustrous head of hair. I'll give you that. It's just, like, left to its own devices. It's like it starts to run away from you. That's what happens when I get really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. How much? So how many hours of sleep did you have last night? Uh, not much. Yeah. I not mean, many. I think we're all going on, like... Bobby got no sleep. Sarah got no sleep. I got no sleep. And you got I no gotta sleep. go do the Toby Keith thing today too. Oh. That'll be fun. What is what's that? Oh, for uh, for the other right, fine CBS radio I just, station. I'm not trying to be. For. I'm not trying. I just, I'm just kind of out of the loop Toby on it. Is he in town or something? Huh? Oh yeah, I think Toby Keith is in town tonight, so I have to come out and like you know do a little meet and greet. Well, I'm sure you will do it professionally as you do everything, because we are all team players here at CBS. We are. Working uh, smoothly and professionally with all other stations surrounding us. Absolutely. Uh huh. Okay. Here's Timmy Ryan. Okay. Moving Richie, on. Is Richie 
No, I, I thought I heard Richie showing his thong. You know, again. here's the thing. I have so far avoided seeing uh, Richie's thong, and that trend is going to continue. So let's do a few headlines, and then we'll uh, talk to Scott Daly. We'll do the top five. Uh, Jessica Simpson or I-5, which is more interesting? Sarah. Jessica Simpson. Yeah, let's go for that. Okay. Sorry. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, that's like a male response. Je- Jessica Simpson. The empire of Jessica Simpson is expanding, and she's using every inch of her sex appeal to sell it. The pop princess is following the footsteps of Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, and Jennifer Lopez to launch her fragrance, Fancy, which is set to arouse a lot of attention with her in-bed advertising campaign. Really? Yes, and it's uh, apparently inspired by the innocent yet alluring beauty of 1950s pinup Bridget Bardot. You know, the thing is, Christina Aguilera has already kind of claimed that 50s pinup thing. Uh, you well, know? Gwen Stefani did before her. And Gwen and Stefani. And Madonna did before Gwen Stefani. And you know what's I mean, funny? Uh, uh Jessica Simpson has a country hit out now. You know that, right? Yeah. It's well, that's the thing, out. right? You know, that's, I mean, and plus she looks like Trapjaw from He-Man. Well, that's the staple of country music, you know. If you weren't previously country, release a country album and, and then play claim it right you, away. And claim you were always country. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you see that photo? And it's not the, it's not a Photoshop, but I mean, this is the sort of thing dudes care about. There's that uh, photo that uh, hit the net about two days ago where uh, she's, uh, her, her right uh, bosom is exposed. Really? Yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I don't really find Jessica Simpson all that attractive because I know that she's just a, a dumb bitch. She, well, she's, well, she's just got, she's, I mean, she's got a, a good body, but I mean, so what? You know, I mean, that's the thing is, it's like, and that's when it's you know, a good we, body with a dumb head attached to like it, like a big lantern jaw. It's yeah, a nice looking car, but the engine doesn't work. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, uh, let's just... Uh, hello, Scott Daly. How are you today? Hi. All right. Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com. I'm sorry. I feel like it's been a... I feel like you got short-changed today because everything's running so behind. Well, that's okay. I'm just waiting in line to, no. uh, to talk to Timmy Ryan. <laughs> of course. My thing about... Oh, are you the latest? The thing about Jessica Simpson, though, is I was on Dig.com, and they were like, hey, check out this, like, you know, where it's like her, uh, you know, her nipple, uh, which is exposed, and whatever. And it's like, you know, you look at it because... Like, okay, fine, because it's the mystery, right? Like, you're just like, oh, okay. But the thing is, it's like, once having seen it, mystery evaporates. I, I agree with Timmy on this one. I, I've never found her. I'm not a big blonde guy anyway. I mean, it's not like she's so, ugly. Like, I mean, nah. you know, it's, it, look, it's like... <laughs> you're not a big blonde guy? I'm really not. I, uh, it's I'm it's like when girl. they were talking about the... It's like when they were talking when Britney Spears had that VMA thing where she was kind of chunky and whatever, and they were like, she's hideous! Which, that wasn't true either. It's like, if you, as I said at the time, like, if you went home... And like your like your dude like one of your boys or whatever like you went home and like he had like a girl that looked like that on the couch you'd be like well done it's so but it's just that she you know she's just not like the hottest thing on earth she let herself go well and she's just she's a good looking girl but not much beyond that and doesn't seem to have a whole lot of personality so mm-hmm. anyway and here we are unlike Scott Daly yeah unlike Scott Daly who's good looking oh, oh, and oh, has a lot of personality that is Tim true Ryan, don't even start yes, he's no Adam though. So. <laughs> that's true I am no let's Adam let's do a couple more here and then we'll talk about the Dark Knight and we'll do the top five. Oh, okay let's see here um I just had a story and I threw it away so here we go we'll, we'll talk about I-5 now Metro the government and planning body for the three county Portland region has endorsed a new 4.2 billion Interstate 5 bridge over the Columbia River. The Metro Council voted 5-2 to two for a new six-lane toll bridge. That sucks. Oh, that's what they did in Tacoma. Uh, they made that a toll is, bridge. That is, it's three bucks a uh, time, too. Really? Uh-huh. I hate that. And they claim that it's not going to slow traffic down because you can get, like, the bar scanning code or whatever that goes through. But it's like not everybody's going to get that, and a lot of people are just passing through. Well, at least, the, well, okay, so it's good and bad because it's bad because we're going to have to pay if we go up there. But it's good because all those bastards from Vancouver come here, get all the tax-free stuff, and <laughs> then go back right. there. That's right. That's totally coming. Yeah, get, but just take I-205. 
Just take the you know take, just yeah, take the I Glenn guess. Jackson bridge over. I mean, I you know it's fine. I mean, but you're I mean you're right about the about people who coming in from Washington are gonna have to like sort of pay for the upkeep of the road at least. Yeah, but it's cool. Like we you know we we kind of make up for it during July Fourth because we go up there and get the you know kick ass fireworks instead of the quirky fireworks down here. The quirky fireworks. The Piccolo Pete. <laughs> yes, the Piccolo oh, Pete. All right, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll talk um, Dark Knight. Hey, let's end, uh, let's end on, a, on a good note. <laughs> let's do a Geek Watch. Here's your... Wait, is this going to be Dark Knight stuff? I can either confirm or deny that. Because then we can just fold it into Scott. Okay, let's right, see. Here's right. your Geek Watch for... Uh, High-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Queen Star Dilemma, remember, you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's I no love this God movie. You know, shit. I'm in no position to tell them how to, how to run things. Better does. Doesn't it seem like Court and Fatboy ought to do this as a midnight movie? Doesn't it seem like Galaxy Quest screams to be a midnight movie? I don't yes, think so. It does. It really does. It, it calls out to be a midnight movie. Uh, hey, just not, to, not to interrupt, by the way, but somebody has a good question if we wrap up the week. A, an area man wants to know what was up with all that money on the freeway. We never That's had what a, I was just thinking when he was talking about the iPhone. We never had an explanation for why there was money blowing all over the freeway yesterday. All right. Uh, what's your uh, geek watch here, Timmy Ryan? Oh, okay. Well, this actually comes from us, our fine family, CBS, the Columbia Broadcast System. With exceptions that The Dark Knight will soar into the box office history this weekend, fans aren't holding back their desire to see the most anticipated movie of the year. Tickets are sold out just about everywhere in Manhattan for any showtime, leaving Batman diehards, like Fatboy, who want to see the flick, forced to dish out top dollar for a showing. Craigslist was flooded Friday with ads for buyers and sellers of weekend tickets. While most seem to be willing to spend around $50 for a ticket, well above the $11 face value for many theaters. Others say they'll beat any offer as they expect theaters to be sold out for an extended amount of time. Uh, Brooklyn resident Jack Harai, who told CBS2, the TV station there, he says, I don't think it'll be a few days' wait. I think it'll be a few weeks' wait. So in other words, they're willing to shout out, you know, tons and tons of money to see it. And last night I saw it for free and I bitched and complained about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to believe why you're not endearing yourselves to some people today. Uh, so, well, it's the iPhone thing, too, that if people want to get it, you know, right now because it is be, because it is not just a movie. It's an event. I mean, regardless of whether you like it or not, it's, a, it's, a, it's an event picture, a tentpole picture. Right, and in other words, they'll spend $100 on it in, like, you know, five months. It'll cost you 15 bucks at Fred Meyer. Well, that's the thing is they've already got the DVD release date, which I think is December 9th. Really? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, the turnaround is already, I mean, it's like, you know, once they put the, the merchandising mechanism into gear, I mean, they've already got that, so. And the DVD turnaround is generally five to six months anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, you, all the big yeah, summer films come out Christmas time for DVD. Don't you think they already have it, the DVDs already ready to rock and roll? Probably, well, I mean, to some extent, I mean, they've already got the film done, but I mean, they got bonuses and commentaries and extras. And, and you don't whatever. think they, you don't think they're just sitting on that waiting for the word go? They might. I mean, I think they probably, mm. at this point, when they do movies, because the turnaround time, have you noticed, we were talking about this the other day, how sometimes the movie's in the theater, and it, it, you swear to God, it's like two days later, it yeah, seems like no, it's on DVD. It's like two months now. So they probably have started preparing DVDs and theatrical release simultaneously, and then as you said, the DVD sister. Didn't Soderbergh do a simultaneous DVD theatrical release last year? Of some, and it was like some, like it was like an art film, like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah, an experimental. It was, it was one of his but films, he was yeah. sort of because I think within two years we're going to see major pictures released simultaneously on either DVD or like home pay per view. Uh, you know, and theater at the I same think, time. I think it'll be online before we get the DVD and home pay per view thing. Because you got a guy like Seamus who 
uh, you know, he's a big nerd, but by the same token, he said he really almost doesn't even want to see it until he can see it on his home theater. Yeah. Because he's just got such a sweet system at home, they don't have to stand in line, you know, whatever. So, filmfeverradio.com, uh, yes, obviously Dark Knight, the big... Uh, yeah, uh, of course, this is the big... We've been talking about this movie for a year now, since the whole viral marketing campaign started the Comic-Con last year. Uh, since we first saw the Joker, the trailer for the film, it almost made our best trailer of the year category for the Booyah Awards, but technically the trailer came out this year, so it'll have to go to next year's. But, uh, yeah, no, The Dark Knight, I mean, what, what, what can I say that hasn't been said already? I mean, this movie is, if not the best superhero film ever made... One of the best crime dramas I've ever seen. It's a great, you know, I and it, there with Heat, Goodfellas. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Heat. Yeah, a lot uh, of and heat the, the color summer. palette too. Like it has that same. Everything is in that cold, uh, that mm-hmm. icy blue that Michael Mann uses yep. uh, so much. And this term gets overused a lot, but it really does have a great noir feel. To it, it does. It, it should because yeah. that's. I mean, Batman has that is is that noir type character. Uh, and my God, Heath Ledger, man. I mean, yeah, that's uh, one thing to me on your little little rant about the movie. Uh, you know, I agree to a certain extent. I wanted to see more Heath Ledger. Way Heath more. Ledger, he but should have been but, on a lot more. But at the same time, the movie was perfect. I thought that I don't. I don't think there's any scenes that could have taken away. I thought the running time. I don't know about you, Rick, Sarah, but the fast two and a half it hours. It didn't feel life. like two and a half hours to uh, me. Uh, have, mm-hmm. Do you know how they're going to handle the fact that that they don't? I'm sorry, that's me. I didn't mean to do that, but I mean, yeah. you, so uh, well because that's uh, what happens in the movie is pre Arkham Asylum yeah, because exactly. you see right. the character in uh, you know you see like uh, Two Face in right. there you know with yeah. the right. Right. So, um, well, anyway, so I, so I apologize. So, yeah, for that, but no, I mean, I, it's, you know, I mean, uh, the Nolan himself—it's not much of a spoiler what I just said because Nolan himself has said in interviews. He said like a year ago that he's not going to kill the Joker. Yeah, I mean, he that's the thing. Said it over and over. That's again. the thing is, like the yeah. Joker. I mean, Nolan has said that repeatedly that, that the Joker doesn't, you know, especially because at that point they didn't know. Obviously, they thought they would still have Heath Ledger, and you don't want to get rid of the greatest villain in comics. So, I mean, everybody kind of knows that, but. You know, it's going to be. I heard the next one is the Riddler, but you know, it's like who the, the guy nailed the Riddler. It's like who could possibly? How would you like to have to be the team coming up with the next yeah, Batman yeah. film? I, I, I mean, at that point, I just retire, man. Just cash it in. I think that. What's uh, the point? I think the best part about Ledger, as as his his syntax, his, his delivery, his performance, the best part about him were the little ticks, the licking of the lips. The licking, man. Yeah. Oh, that was so great. And his little darty eyes, His little eyes too. were moving around. And it's already become part of the legend staggers. where he locked himself in a hotel room for a month, you yeah. know, and yeah. just writing in a journal as the Joker, trying I to heard, figure out how it works. I heard he studied, like, Gila monsters, too, and kind yeah. of the way their facial ticks were <laughs> reacted. But just, I mean... To me, he looked kind of like a junkie, because I know some people have done drugs, who yeah. have like, constant, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With their mouths. yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, again, no spoilers here, but in the interrogation room, both those scenes in the interrogation room are just. And for for some reason, no matter how many times I've seen it in the trailers, that line, nothing in his pockets but lives and lint. I mean, that's just you so. Love that in the good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That never. Good evening. No, it's it's the lint. It's the lint that freaks me out. Not the knives. The lint. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and Gary Oldman. I, I don't think I've heard fantastic. Gary Oldman's conversation today at all. Did you see Gary Oldman in that role? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean like Ledger disappeared in the role of, of, of Joker. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman, I mean, that that was the Gordon. thing that we were noting uh, that was so great, and we'll do the top five here in just a second. Is that is that Ledger modeled his performance a lot on Sid Vicious, and so it was weird to see yeah. a, the Joker, who is basically supposed to be Sid Vicious, in a role in a scene with Gary Oldman, who played Sid Vicious. Yeah, All right, that was very cool. Let us roll the top five, ladies and gentlemen. Four, three, who shall be? Two, uh, do we have this printed out, or do we have five. it? Jimmy Ryan, count down the top five today. By the way, this email says, 
Having listened to today's program, I regret that I now know this much about Timmy Ryan. Remember, when you stare into the void, the void stares into you. Right. And I have a comment about your rated R comment for Dark Knight. We'll save that one later. Really? Yeah. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, here's Timmy Ryan with today's top five. These are the top five night songs. All right. In honor of the Dark Knight premiere, we give you these. The top five songs with the word night in the title, or two nights. Since we're going to see the movie tonight, you wrote this yesterday. Yeah, well, and to be fair, yeah. this was the deal was we couldn't come up with a top five, so we threw it out to the audience, and the, the gag was the audience came up with it, and we had to put it together in like half an hour. Yeah. So it was sort of an ad hoc top it's five. It's a terrible top five. Uh, yeah. And since we are incredibly lazy. <laughs> yes. Just wanted, to add, just wanted to add that. All right. Damn it, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, you are sort of, really, you are winding down. Come on, no think about that drink you can have in a few. <laughs> Think about the sweet taste of alcohol on your lips later. I, I like the sweet taste of alcohol. Think about the the sweet the sweet punching that you and your girlfriend can give each other. Or the sweet biting you can give her later. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, honorable mention. Night moves Bob C. What? Uh, wow, I hate this song. I do too. Okay, I think we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we think we're done. <laughs> now wait a minute. But what is your now? What is your take on night moves? Um, good, bad, or good that became bad by overplaying? I think just way overplaying. I think it's one of those songs that Little Dude Song. Kid wow. Rock is going to cover at some point. Oh. oh boy, that seems inevitable, doesn't it? Already? Oh, you're freaking me out. What does? Kid Rock. It seems like inevitable that Kid Rock will cover this. Kid Rock's going to. He's just going to ruin it. Wow. The thing is, though, it's like that's the thing is like right now I wouldn't even be able to say if he did. That's you see right there. That's the sort of observation that makes you the king, Timmy Ryan. Really? Yes, Don't Timmy Ryan, you're the king. Well, the king of a very small, you know, just very small a very, a very small fetid kingdom. Just when I'm about to be expelled from the show forever. I you save yourself. <laughs> grabbing up at your fingernails. All right. Number five. Okay. Save tonight, Eagle Eye Cherry. All I know about is... this bottle of wine. Oh, what? Wow. Talk about drinking wine. All I know is that he's Nana Cherry's brother. That's all I know about this. And that the guitar solo in this song is exactly the same guitar solo as Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. And they're both... No, but I think it's a fine pop song. I'm just saying... I'm just saying they both have... And she's very gay, isn't she? No, no. What? I thought she was all... Uh, she was married. I thought she was all gay and whatnot. I think she's thinking of like... Uh, she was Samantha Fox. Well, we know. You know, Samantha Fox is all uh, gay. Really? Yeah. Long time live-in relationship with an equally hot girl. Think on that. I'm all for that. Yeah, me too. That'll keep me uh, company tonight. Uh, wow. Uh, so. Shall <laughs> I gotta eat? Uh, yeah. This no, but this is a this is a great song. But it's like where did. Like, what, what then be... Quo Vodimus Eagle Eye Cherry. Seriously, I remember this coming up my freshman year of college, and I listened to it over and over again, and then <laughs> never heard of it again. Here's Eagle Eye Cherry on Rosie 105. Totally. This, seriously, this is when... Yeah, this is the... Uh, listening to the buzz. No, no, this this would be pre-buzz when they to play this. Like me All right, whatever. Kind of in the top five night songs. Oh, Jesus. Uh, tonight, New Kids on the Block. Not a bad song. This is my favorite Nick Thumble Block song. This is sort of in the NKO TV. What what? Wow, really? Really? This is I not think. a bad song. I like this song. I really do. I don't think I know this song. Sing with me. I'm sorry. You forever. Come on. Whatever. 
You sound right now like you were singing on our Christmas song. No, well, at least that was Clackamas. Sarah, Sarah, did you recognize Mark Wahlberg in the Righteous Kill trailer? With we didn't get to see the trailer for Righteous Kill. You didn't? No. We didn't get the Righteous Kill trailer. You know De Niro? No. And Carla Cusino. I think we've heard enough. It's not no, a bad really song. This is from it. their Beatlesque period. <laughs> what? That was said just for you, really? by the way. <laughs> well, it does have... It, it yes, Joey McIntyre was listening to Revolver a lot when they recorded that. <laughs> it... I mean, come on. You can hear it in the instrumentation. Somebody was thinking Beatles. You know it's When did true. this come out? Search your feelings. You know it to be 90... true. No, 91. Yeah? 91. Get out my Nintendo. Because I, I was working at a top 40 station. You're right, because this was on. I was still in high school. Step. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I had to play this uh, in high school when I was uh, working as a DJ. All right, kind of the top five night songs. When you played it, was it on a, a 45 or a CD? It was on the CD. On a Denon CD player. Dennis. Yeah, it was one of those. It was actually Jesus. that CD player we I'm got here. I'm keep playing it to me. They're, they're going out. They're going the way of the dinosaur. Yeah. Okay, finally, turn, turn it off. <laughs> all right, uh, yeah. Saturday night's all right for fighting Elton. All right, this is a good song. We're good now. Don't yell at me, Timmy Ryan. Know your place, sir. You hog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever notice that Laura Branigan stole this guitar line for the melody of Gloria? Yeah, very much so. Now, what a great song this is. Gloria? No, this. This oh. is a great song. I don't think I know this. What? Really? Yeah, really? Oh, you know uh, you know, New Kids on the Block tonight, but you don't know Saturday is all right. It also came out when I was 11. Fighting. All right, let's listen oh, to it for a moment. Let's, and let's, let's reflect upon a time when Elton John did know how to rock, as strange as that sounds. Jesus. He started writing songs for Disney movies. Yeah, did he kick a stunt pill at some point? Let's all listen for a moment. Great little guitar break coming up here. Oh, wait, no, it's not here. It's later on. This isn't off um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, is it? I think it is. I think it yeah, might be, actually. You know, he kept the same band for almost all of this era, too. Right. Yeah. That's great album. why they kicked so much ass. And they were a lot of Daffy Duck. What number is this? Oh, three. All right. Great song. You really, uh, ser seriously, at some point, you ought to pick up Elton John's greatest hits. Yeah, Sarah, put down the uh, New Kids on the Block and pick up Elton John. Because that's manlier. Yes. Yes. Uh, Counting on the top five night songs. Uh, okay. Music of the night, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Don't pretend you don't know this. Andrew Lloyd Webber, really? Nighttime shot. Sounds like you singing, right? Well, it's like Falcor. <laughs> you should try singing. Children. Timmy Ryan, I'm going to shut off your microphone if you don't shut up for like a second. <laughs> She'll do it, too. That's not an idle threat. She's done it to me. She's done it to me and my name's on the show. <laughs> She's decided that the world's had enough of me occasionally and just turned it off. Silently the sand. This is before <laughs> Elton John. Are you kidding me? This is I, you know what? I, did, I dealt with the material I had. Can I tell you? gave me a piece of paper and I just stuck them in there. I, can uh, I tell you? At the time, we didn't. Now, in our, we had a whole day. We could have changed the list, but we didn't. We put the list together in like just a few minutes. 
It was an ad hoc list, so it's like the 48-hour film festival of top five. You know okay? what? I blame, we, we did the best we could. I blame Andrew Lloyd Webber for my distaste of anything musical, no. musical you know, movies. There's wrong with Andrew Lloyd oh, Webber. Are you kidding me? Have you seen Phantom uh, of the Opera? No. Oh, well, see, it's, see, it's just like Timmy Ryan judging movies. You yeah. Something you, you and Timmy Ryan are exactly alike, owned. <laughs> you guys type this list out on WordPad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really did. It's like really old. <laughs> Ariel, 10 point. <laughs> this does sound like Falcor a little bit, though. I don't like. This is the guy, I guess, who's singing in the Family of the Opera movie, which I never saw. There ought to be a version of Rock Me Amadeus done by Falcor. Or, uh, Rock Me Amadeus. Never mind. That's a dumb joke. I have Skip a Falcor it. Sound or James Hetfield from Metallica. Rock Me Amadeus. Oh, I don't have my cricket sounder. <laughs> I was looking for the crickets. Counting down the top five night songs. Yeah. I'm not going to even say it. Wait, now, which came first, this or Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics? Because one Sweet stole dreams. from the Sweet other. Sweet Dreams. Sweet okay, this is, this is then from that. Corey Hart, I wear my sunglasses at night. Like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I laughed at that. That's not even really funny. That's terrible. Uh, I think we're all a little loopy at this point. All right. Timmy Ryan, ladies and gentlemen, in for Tim Riley today. Well, we have a couple minutes when we come back. Although, I guess I'm just do, doing that out of habit because this is like Tim is always bolting to the door right about now. All right. Back after this, wrap it up with Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com. Timmy Ryan and more. Like us to three. Michael Mara Show at 7. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Leaving so soon. Sneak away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, no, no. I like children. For breakfast? <laughs> Never. I'm a luck dragon. My name is Falcor. And my name is... Atreyu. And you're on a quest. How'd you know that? You were unconscious. And you talked in your sleep. Wow. <laughs> Could you... Get round and scratch behind my right ear. I could never quite reach it. Here? Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's so. Good. It was delicious. So disturbing. Jesus. Hi, Carl. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. Oh, Jesus. Um, coming up at 3, Like Us, Flash Friday. Coming up at 7, Michael Marishow. Tomorrow, Car and Driver Radio, 6 to 9, Miles Round with Dennis Pittenbarger, 9 to 11. Uh, the Tasting Room with Tom Likas. Um, and then on Monday, uh, Tim Riley will be back. We'll hear how his colonoscopy went. And uh, we'll be talking to the guys from BaconSalt.com. You know what, Rick? Um, we are just a few days, a few years away from uh, 
going what Tim Riley's doing right no, now. No, it's true. No, he's, yeah, a, he's a roadmap for us. No, yeah. it's true. Um, <laughs> and so forth. All right, what's coming up? What's at FilmFeverRadio.com? Well, sir? as expected, uh, this week's episode of Film Fever Radio is Dark Nights all the time. Uh, I should warn our listeners now, it's a spoilerific episode, so if you have not seen The Dark Knight, do not download our show until you see the movie. Uh, we will post it later on tonight, so it gives you a chance to see the film. Uh, we've got guests on this show. we got Clyde Lewis at Ground Zero. we got Jason oh, awesome. Crump of Vanished Twin. We've got Dan, the Joker phone guy uh, from Pop Culture Zoo, and Court and Fatboy. So we've got a, a packed episode this week. Thanks for inviting me. Dark I appreciate Knight. it. You haven't seen the film yet. Thanks for asking me to be it, part of it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just screwing with you. Oh, I'm just, Rick. I'm just screwing with you. Uh, oh, by, by, so, you know, it's, Timmy <laughs> Ryan, Timmy's rubbing off on me. Rick, if we had ever asked you to come on our show, would you? No. Uh, so, nah, I'm just screwing with you. Uh, speaking of jo- uh, Dan, the Joker phone guy, he is going to be doing a geek update from Comic-Con. Uh, when he goes to Comic-Con. He's going to give us a daily phone call. Yeah, he's going to be giving us updates from there. So, filmfeverradio.com. Yes, sir. Excellent. It's a Fantastic. great show this week. All right. Stuff going on. Uh, all right. Timmy Ryan. Timmy Ryan. You, you've done a great job. You've done a great job. Thanks for being here. Even though you're a tool. See, why do you got to hate? I was trying to give him something beautiful. <laughs> I Whatever. feel like the kids are dead last at the Special Olympics, but his parents are still clapping for him anyway. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. All right, there we go. All right, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondent uh, Dick Liliana, who overslept and didn't call us. Uh, Jim Roop, and of course, uh, Timmy Ryan, uh, everybody uh-huh. who showed up last night to the Dark Knight premiere, thank you so much for being there. We do uh, honestly, very sincerely appreciate it. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan for AM 970, the talker in the newsroom, Timmy Ryan, and for Tim oh, Riley, who returns Monday. Uh, on the phones, it's Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering, Brian Jones, and CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Donap with me, Reynolds, Scott Daly. Find out more at filmpeopleradio.com. Our thanks also to Fatboy from Portland Fatboy Rock 101 KUFO. Have a good weekend. Like us next. See you all Monday. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.